$1,200. What's a core blaster extreme? That is by far the best way to strengthen your core. This machine, you sit on a stabilizer ball, you put your feet into the power stirrups, you reach up and you grab onto the super rod, and you twist, and you twist, and you twist. It strengthens your entire core. Your back core, your arm core, your... The Marine Corps actually uses it. I think that's how they got core. Hey, I'm Kyle. Thanks for joining me and Andy for the Legendary Creature Podcast. So if you're listening with your kids or your conservative grandma, maybe don't, because we swear. Or some shit like that. Happy corsets are back. <laughs> Am I happy corsets are back? Are you happy that corsets are back? I think, I think, I think I am. Probably annoying. Can you hear me? Like, I just don't now. know, like, a comfortable position to be in. <laughs> you know? God, I'm such a fucking. He's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm. I think if I was getting into the game, or at least trying to get somebody into the game, I, I, I would say I'm happy about the corsets coming. Yeah, out. I think. I think the other thing too is that, I mean, a lot of content people have talked about it over and over again, and I'm sure Wizards of the Coast has pointed out like, it's probably the best place for them to do reprints, needed reprints, or to put a Paleka worm in the rare slot. <laughs> You're going to light me up already about that. <laughs> Hot takes right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Paleka worm is now a rare. It's now a rare because in the draft environment, it needs to be a rare. Yeah. It's a big motherfucker that can't and you can't end up having multiples of. Yeah. In your deck. The odds are very low that you'll have multiples of. But. <sighs> Well, but otherwise, I think I think it actually is good because there's a lot of opportunity to do, um, to be doing reprints that are needed for the format, and then they can sprinkle in some flavor, you know, just a few new things to to keep people going through the summer. But I don't know. I'm I'm happy it's back. Overall. You're happy it's back. I'm happy it's back. Now that's not to say that this is. Super awesome for commander players. If you get your hands on a crucible of worlds, congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, but I don't think that it's like, we've had much better stuff. Dominaria was awesome. Battle bond was awesome. We've got commander 2018 coming. This is probably low on the totem pole for commander players. Kai, are you feeling release fatigue? Uh, I don't know if it's because we do this that I'm, exhausted by it's just endless spoiler season it feels like <laughs> like battle bond was spoiler season a couple s- seconds ago you know yeah i think and I, then a couple I, nanoseconds ago it were we're core 19 yeah i mean i think i think you and i kind of were maybe dismissive of core 2019 because we were just like there's so much shit to cover from battle bond and dominaria still that we're still interested in looking at and there's not exactly time to get to all of it. Uh, yeah. And then there's this new set, which people are losing their shit over some things from it. And we're just kind of like, do we got to get to it? 
I feel just fatigued. Can we just defer to everybody else? I feel fatigued. Yeah. <laughs> we're sitting there talking like, I don't know, someone, this guy already talked about that. This guy already talked about that. Yeah, like when we're going through all the cards, we're like, do we need to talk about it? Somebody else already covered it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think about this. There's some exciting things in this set, but there's exciting things in every set. Oh, yeah. For, for every format, but man, it's uh, the last thing. I think the last I felt this was like early this spring. Mm-hmm. When we were doing like the Ixalan run. Oh yeah. And then what else was going on? I remember just being like, man, do we ever doing like review? We're just doing set review after set review. Yeah. It seems to hit us with a lot. And I, I don't know, like, I think, I think to me, like it's more fun to get into the nitty gritty than having to actually spend time, like just on the surface of a new set. At least that, that's the thing for me. Like I derive more satisfaction out of actually getting into the trees and, and looking at a deck than theory crafting with stuff we just barely saw sure but we gotta do it so let's yeah we gotta do it we gotta do it i'm going in dude (laughs) how do we want to do this are we doing by color again like our typical decorum and you give me cards that you're excited about so i think we should start with legends and just do kind of like a brief overview oh you want to do legends first um and then yeah let's let's hit up some colors and and i think it's just sort of maybe it's just me but Mm -hmm. i think it's kind of obligatory that you know we play elder dragon highlander maybe we should just really quickly talk about the elder dragons that are new here or reincarnated what do you think of that should we should we approach it that way or should we yeah well let's do the mono legends first okay cool cool hit me with one um so i'll just start off with white and go with lena if i can find her really quickly Do, do, do. Lena, selfless, selfless champion. Uh, so she is four and two white. When Lena, selfless champion, enters the battlefield, create a one one white soldier creature token for each non creature you control. Okay. Sacrifice Lena for each non creature you control. What? Yeah. Or non non. Sorry, each non token creature you control. Okay. Excuse okay. me. Excuse me. Sacrifice Lena creatures you control with power less than. Lena's power gain indestructible until end of turn. And she is a three, three. So, I mean, I'm just gonna be brutally honest. I, I don't see anybody using this as a commander. And if they are, they're just kind of being cute, but I do think it is a useful card in commander. Hmm. Um, What's the context for it? Like, well, specifically, I think, I think, just that last ability in in and of itself is decently valuable. Sacrifice Lena creatures you control with power less than Lena gain indestructible end, until end of turn. I can see using this in a context like in a Reese deck. Yeah, you're mostly like pretty much everything is tokens, but it would protect your commander in addition to the tokens that you set up. Mm-hmm. Um, so her first ability, her ETB isn't going to be super. Yeah, relevant I mean her su- her first ability does contribute in that context as well. So when she enters, if you've got other, if you've got other non-token creatures in play, you know, you're going to get some tokens out of her. So you can set some play up. I can see contexts where she is really valuable. Um, it may be useful. I don't know. It's just like, it, you're not going to see it pop up in a lot of places, I don't think, but it does have value in the format. Um. 
I'm looking at this and I, I don't see it with what exists. So, well, yeah, you got Dauntless Escort for exactly. Reese. You have the Selfless Spirit for Reese. Oh yeah, like you have Heroic Intervention for Reese. If we're just sticking to the deck that you said, yeah. What else? There's there's just a lot of effects. Oh yeah, there's there there are a lot. Like I think it's I think it's one of those things. Like if you get your hands on it, like you you could put it to use reasonably sure. in places. But it's her mana cost. It's like six she's six mana. And that's and the other. That, hey, they got to be less power than her. Yeah, and that's the other problem is that if you're putting it in, you know, like I said, I mean the example I'm using. If you put it into Reese, mm-hmm. his activated ability is six mana. So if you have anything else set up. You're probably just going to activate. Reese. You're going to activate his ability rather than cast her. So, she she kind of is a tough sell. And like I said, I I, I think she's just unuseful as a commander. <laughs> unuseful. Yeah, that's the first as thing you. Useless. That's the first thing you want in your commander. I want a really unuseful commander <laughs> that's mono white. That's mono white. So you can get away with it with any other. You know. Yeah, there's other colors that maybe you could be okay with something like that, but in mono white, okay with that calumny man. <laughs> Give me that calumny. Uh, all right, blue guy. Psy Master Thopterist, two and a blue. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, always oh, a human artificer. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 one, one, uh, colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. He's a 1-4. He also has an activated ability, one and a blue. Sacrifice two artifacts to draw a card. Man, is this guy late to the party or what? Kind of is, right? He In a world where, where Jehoira... Uh, Weatherlight Captain. Weatherlight Captain. Miss Frizzle exists. <laughs> this guy is horrifyingly late to the party. He's like the Hubert Humperdinck. Well, of and- freaking artifact <laughs> artifact legends. <laughs> right. Like I think I think with the whole historic thing going on in Dominaria. Uh huh. Yeah, you're right. There as, was there as was, a commander. You're right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I just want to like mail this guy a letter. Like you're late <laughs> three months ago or more three months ago, probably like earlier this year, if they would have dropped this guy, people, people would use him be focused, but then Jehoira came out and they'd be like, right. Well, it looks like I'm just transitioning over to, like, it yeah, just, because they, cause they could add red and more easily get card advantage. I think, I think what I would be interested in with this guy, like what would change my mind about him is you just remove the mana requirement from his activation. Like, I'm okay sacrificing two, but don't make me pay mana for that when Jehoira fucking exists. Yeah. Like, don't make me do that to draw a singular card. Oh, yeah. Or or or, or that he only produces one Thopter. Like, if he made two Thopters... Well, yeah, if he made two the Thopters, requ- then you know. could start doing loops with, with the Skull Clamp, right? Which... Yeah, you're right. If he made two Thopters. Yeah, every, because then you could do the Ashnod's Altar or yeah. KCI plus a Skull Clamp. It would get you pretty could, busted. You could quick. spin through. I don't know. Talk to Jehoira about freaking but, busted shit then. But yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, it's not like we haven't seen commanders on that power level. It's just, I, I don't know. I th- I think he's really cool. I would put him in my Jehoira deck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, because he's three mana. Like, I, I definitely would. He's enough to get Yeah, thopters. because you're going to get more. I don't know if I'd ever see myself activating that ability unless somebody mm. had like, yeah, Dark unless you just... mutated or removed her from the equation. Yeah. Uh he's good. Yeah. He's late. He's yeah, it's just that's that it. he's, that's he's it. late. He's exactly. not bad. He's not good. You're just late, man. You're late for work. <laughs> you know? You're late for work. Is there a mono black legend? There is there is a mono black. It's uh Isareth, the Awakener. Okay, hit me with that. So one. it's one and two black. 
Uh, it has death touch. It's a three, three. Whenever Isareth the Awakener attacks, you may pay X. When you do return target creature card with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield with a corpse counter on it. If that creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are with Isareth. I think, I think my thoughts kind of went to Chainer a little bit when you're doing this type of stuff. Obviously, Chainer has access to other graveyards, mm-hmm. but Chainer's converted mana cost is twice as high. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I didn't put a lot of research into looking into what Isareth could do, but I would imagine start with your Chainer lists, see what translates over. Because I, I would guess you can probably make a lot of similar things happen. Thoughts, Andy? I like that she's only three mana. Yeah. For a 3-3 three, three death touch. That's that's pretty hardcore right yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, like that, that in and of itself is pretty nice on a creature when we're assessing as a commander. But in the context of commander, maybe, maybe Cedrus wants this. Okay. Because you can kind of, well, I don't know, because you're paying the full cost like Cedrus. Yeah, you've got to. Already gives them unearth if this is like subordinate to Cedrus. Yeah, and see, and that's the thing is like you would, you, you would very obviously have to have your big black mana package in this deck because. Why do they have to be exiled? It's, it's going to be so hungry. Why do they have to be exiled? Like, like does that. So, so let me ask you this because you're paying the cost of them, right? right. You have to pay Like X. you're essentially paying the mana X is, cost. Yeah, like what are we. What? What? Why do I have to fucking exile it? I gotta pay it again, right? You know, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's only monocolored. It's not like we've got green on this or white. I don't know. I feel like it's. But again, yeah, like the context of the draft environment and standard, maybe that is a little just too busted. They keep recurring this creature over and over oh, and over. I'm again. sure. But it's like I don't get Rex Sage here. I don't get. Uh. Yeah, I don't get the Sun Titan that just chains something in with it. Sure. She's Yeah, this is just this one's kind of annoying. It's annoying how good this thing almost is. <laughs> I feel that way it's, about Psy as well. Like Psy is really pretty good. Yeah. And Psy is maybe a little better than Isareth. I don't know. That that's a really subjective uh statement, but Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about that one. Uh and and I one of the problems I think when it comes to doing set reviews with new cards, yeah, is is to me there's sort of always this question of what already exists in terms of commanders, and is, and is that some, even a good thing to think about? Like, yeah, sometimes it's just like I don't know, I want to do this, it's different. Yeah, exactly, and that may be the thing. Is like I just I just want to try it out and see if it works. Unless there's just there's some really hard overlap. Like, yeah, really hard overlap yeah. with it. So. You know, I mean, obviously, like trying to get stuff into your own yard and just just getting it out into play through Isareth. I mean, we just did a kind of reanimator episode, so uh, but you have to pay the whole cost. But you do have to pay the whole cost. Like you have so to pay the whole thing. <laughs> it doesn't. Know? It doesn't exactly fit into doing right? reanimator, does it? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I think if they didn't get exiled, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. You could just keep bringing them back. They're not probably, they're probably not going to block her because it's a three, three. So, so here's, what's funny to me about this one. Though. It's mono black. That's not super, you know, flexible. So it says that you put a corpse counter on it. Like if it didn't have the corpse counter on it, would it not get exiled? Yeah. But good luck getting rid of that. in <laughs> mono black, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure this shit out. Lathless dragon queen. 
Four red red for a six six flying. Okay. Pretty good. Whenever another non-token dragon enters the battlefield under your control, create a five five red dragon creature token with flying. Uh, it's one in a red. Dragons you control get plus one plus zero to the end of the turn. And I'm all, I'm all right with this one. I'm I'm into it. I'm all right with this one. Yeah. Uh Not all dragon decks need to be freaking the Earth Dragon. <laughs> well, no, it's I think just, I think that's just it. Like it like doesn't. They're mostly red. Like the best dragons are red. Yeah, exactly. Like you're going to have enough dragons in red that you'll you'll be fine, right? Like I don't know if I'd play this thing, but if if somebody showed up with that at a at a table, I'd be and I I'd be like, man, you're cool, man. You're cool playing this. And I mean, let's be honest. Whenever there's a dragon. You got to be thinking about Kalia. If your Kalia deck is more heavily dragon, yeah, that right, could, that could double up those. Um, you could uh, you could tokens, get some big benefit sure. out of that. Yeah, no, I see it. It's pretty good. I mean, it's not revolutionary, but I think that's what I like about it. Well, yeah, two more mana and it's on the clock, which is good. But then there's all these other dragons that are getting bigger. Uh, a lot of haste enabling effects exist, so getting getting her her and her dragon tokens all haste would be really good the damage could go pretty fast i think so they can get there pretty fast it's a six six for six like i think it's yeah, about and like you said it has the fire breathing it. so it's a seven six with just two extra mana yeah like and all the dragons get that effect yeah so you're 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 good okay green one so uh let's go with Gorklaw, terror of call sisma mm. it's four and a green for legendary creature bear it's a four three uh, creatures you cast with power four or greater cost two less to cast. And whenever Goreclaw Terror of Calcisma attacks, each creature you control with power four or greater gets plus one plus one against trample until end of turn. This is good. You know, yeah, uh, it does. It does the things that you would expect a mono green commander to do. Uh, it, it sort of helps you ramp into bigger things. Mm-hmm. So it's encouraging your deck to have ramp to begin with, encourages you to play bigger creatures and gives you benefit for having played those bigger creatures when you attack. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Mono green, I think is all the mono colors are pretty straightforward when they're in kind of in isolation. Okay. Um, Goreclaw doesn't seem to be, like, like I think Goreclaw is a tenable mono green commander, I guess is what I'm getting at. Even though it seems fairly straightforward. Yeah, this is not a bear tribal card. No. Because no. a lot of the good bears, I mean, are 2-2 two, two for 2. Yeah, no, you're you're not doing that. It's, so you're not it's, really getting that. Like that I said, I think, I think what you're doing here is you have a pretty large ramp package in your deck so you can just start casting big creatures. Yeah, I like the idea of having this thing around, like, to do a non, what is her name, Saleva Green Stompy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Not really trying to combo off or really, like, get way out of hand, but Mm -hmm. you are kind of a little bit ahead of everybody with the the stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what it is about the art on this card. It kind of freaks me the fuck out, dude. Dude, it's because it's it's a bear fucking attacking, dude. It's a really evil looking bear. It's a fucking bear. It's a really evil looking bear to me. Like, that thing looks... It does. Malevolent. It's, it's particularly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Malevolent. It is. <laughs> it is indeed. Yeah. Is there any other mono legends? Or is, it think... was, they had one in each color. So. That, say one thing for a core set. Say it's, it maintains its symmetry. 
Oh, it totally, it absolutely does. Like you kind of do. It's a well-rounded. Like, all right, we're gonna do one for everybody. Not well, yeah, where's the enemy of this? Where's the friends color? And we certainly have had sets where we're like, we're looking around. Where's the cycle of of legend, like monocolor legends, which they often do, I think. But uh, sometimes there's things missing, especially in smaller sets. Okay, should we stay on color, or do you want to talk about the rest of the legends? I think we should I think we should do the rest of the legends. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So really big flavor win with the multicolor legends in this set. Yeah, huge flavor win. And I everybody, think I think the last several releases Wizards of the Coast has done right by commander players. Dominaria was really good to commander players. Battlebond is pretty good to commander players. Yeah. There's a big flavor win here in the core set for commander players. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think we always pat Wizards of the Coast on the bat, but on the back, but we can we can do that. Yeah, these 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 cards were not necessary. Like, no, I don't think anyone saw these coming. Like, uh, when are they going to no, do this? No, you know, I bet if you look at like forums of, do you think they'll ever reprint them? And it's like, yeah, no, like, <laughs> that story happened, but here we are. Yeah, right? yeah. So the Elder Dragons, Kyle, they're. There are the ED in the EDH. <laughs> they sure are. We've got we've got that bit of trivia. A return to the Elder Dragons. Hit me with one. Okay. Um. So I'm I'm gonna hit you with one. Okay. But I want to preface it with okay. with with a little a little little story time. What? So the other day, Kate or or Elise and I we were hanging out, and she was like. Let's let's play a game, Kyle. Let's let's come up with our useless superpowers. And I was like, okay, give me an example. Sounds painfully Elise to me. <laughs> it's very Elise. <laughs> She's like, I was like, so hit me, hit me with with your useless superpower. She's like, I just I, I only have sharp teeth when I do a cheesy grin. And I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> So I start rolling with it. I'm like, all right, all right. So here's mine. Oh God. Whenever, whenever I give a baby a high five, it's a supersonic, like glass shattering high five only with babies, just (laughs) shattering glass. Right. And then I was like, okay, let's, let's keep rolling with this. Maybe like I reach into my pockets and there's always just like random nuts and bolts in my pockets. (laughs) Not for any like particular thing. I just reach in there. I'm like, uh, and not, you know, like I don't, I don't have any use for them, but I just have these random nuts random and bolts. Random nuts and bolts. <laughs> I hate how entertaining this thought experiment is. <laughs> and so like, or, or like the only thing that I can, like I'm able to cast illusions, but the only illusion I'm able to cast is monkeys doing the electric slide. <laughs> like anyways, uh, I think Wizards of the Coast kind of got playing with this idea of what would be your useless superpower <laughs> if you were an elder dragon. And reprint. it ended up on some of these elder dragons. Okay. Well, <laughs> so now that you've prefaced this, <laughs> what one of these are you talking about? So I'm kind of I'm looking a little bit at Chromium the Mutable. Yeah. So it's four and Esper, so white, blue, black. It's a 7-7 seven, seven for 7. So that's okay. That's that's fine. It has flash. The spell can't be countered. These are all good. All of these are good things. But it has this has this other activated ability. Okay. Discard a card until end of turn. Chromium the Mutable becomes a human 
with base power and toughness 1-1 loses all abilities and gains hexproof. It can't be blocked this turn. Do you have to discard a card to get him to... You have to discard a card. To turn him into... To turn him into a useless human. Which I guess he is hexproof, but, uh, you know... I don't know. That seems to me kind of like a useless superpower, Andy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless there's like some kind of lore thing that we're missing on. Like, I don't know. He really liked to just fit in. There with, must with be the people. There must be something we're missing out on because here's the thing I'm thinking. Like okay. if somebody, if somebody lights off a pestilence, a pyrohemia, <laughs> Somebody yeah. you're like you, you know, like you're feeling like, oh shit! Somebody targeted my chromium, so I'm going to discard a card and to turn it into a one-one hexproof human. And right. someone's like, uh, okay, I'm going to cast my toxic deluge now. That's unblockable. Unblockable. He basically turns into invisible stalker. Yeah. Cool. Like I don't know. It just I'm not turned on by chromium, dude. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad a, he's here. I'm not either. He's a good counterbreaker against somebody who's trying to control the game. Like he's a, he's a good sure. card for that. But sure. then I would point you to Nezahal. You know, yeah, gets you card advantage, can't be countered, gives you no max hand size, and then has a similar evasion type ability. Yeah, it's three cards, but I still think it kind of self deters its removal. Yeah, when people try to target it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think making him a 1-1, like, I think that might negate some of the abilities that you have enchanted to him if you do that. Yeah, so if you've got enchantments that make him larger, this should go over the top. I could be wrong, but that seems to be something that people are wondering about, is that if you make him that 1-1, does he lose some of that? Because it's something to do with, like, the layers, like, where they're falling in on the card text. So, so, like, if... if even if, if you've got not a vow true, on him. why are you like he's already flying seven seven, so it's only flying creatures that are a problem for him, right? You know, and how how desperate are you to do combat damage that you can't just crash into that flying creature with a seven seven? Right, exactly. It, it's just yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Like it's it's a very strange card, very strange. And, and honestly, like Esper kind of needed uh, a non artifact, non Aloro like commander i agree and this is and this is one that kind of misses the mark of being i don't know like useful in a in a, in a way to a point where it can unseat those right yeah where we can get away from sharoom get away from aloro while being in those colors obviously people are going to build this deck because he's weird like it is very weird but and it's an elder dragon, so you know flavor win. But I just, I don't know. It's not, it's not competitive. There's, it's too vulnerable. Something interesting to me is in in the design that Wizards of the Coast has been kind of doing. I've, I've noticed this lately. Like, there's a lot of not quite hex proof type designs. There's stuff like this where you can discard a gar- discard a card and he gets hex proof, but he changes into a one one human. Sure. There's Neza Hall where you can discard three and kind of like hexproof is a pretty get strong out of the way. ability that that removes a lot of the interaction. Yeah, like Tromocratus is another one where it's like it's hexproof unless it's attacking. Right. Like there's there's a lot of these kind of like what was the angel from Dominaria that it's protected from 
uh, activated and triggered abilities, but not spells. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff, and this one kind of is a miss to me. But then there's that Ishai one or whatever. Yeah, that just gives everything. Everything and everybody except for herself, Hexproof. Yeah, like it's sort of a weird balancing game that Wizards of the Coast is playing design-wise. And this one just, to me, kind of misses. And then, yeah, they have the Hexproof from specific creatures. Right. Color types. Right. Or, yeah. Was that a thing? Was that in Dominaria? Yeah, like it was Hexproof from black or Hexproof from red. Yeah, exactly. Things like to that end. But these are... Hexproof's just really strong. It, it just is. is. It's really strong. It is. I don't know if I'm opposed to them having weaker versions of Hexproof. I like. I'm fine with it design wise. I just like. I think my my point being that this one sort of misses the mark in terms of being useful enough. Sure. I think the only thing that would probably make me feel a little bit better about this this guy or this dragon is that if we just got rid of the unblockable part and gave it something like even that. It was indestructible. So oh, yeah, yeah. It's significantly smaller or just something like, yeah. I don't know. The unblockable, I think is a little bit, I mean, there's, there's just so many ways to give it unblockable in those colors. Oh yeah. Right. Specifically like, yeah, like it's unnecessary. Yeah, there's artifacts, colors. there's equipment, you know? Yeah, but, oh yeah. It's indestructible. Like this thing just is harder to remove, I guess. Which but is again, what that's mean. me trying to change cards, <laughs> you know? Uh, Nikki B's back. Oh, again. Nikki B dude. God, Nikki you know, fucking out with B. Him a lot lately. Right? <laughs> uh, Nicol Bolas the Ravager. Well, I mean, I guess not. He's rotating out with Almonket, right? I think so. Was there any other cards that he was on? When was Almonket? Almonket's rotating this like this fall. Is it really? Well, yeah. okay, cool, dude. Um, yeah, we need another one. Nicol Bolas the Ravager. One, a blue, a black, and a red, as per all Nicol Bolas's. <laughs> Flying when Nicol Bolas uh, the Ravager enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card. It's a 4-4. Four, four. Uh... But it's a flip walker, so this can actually be your commander, and you can have him as a planeswalker if you are ready to pay seven mana to do it. Yeah. So exile Nicol Bolas the Ravager, then return him to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. Activate this ability only time you could cast a sorcery, which, yeah. So then he becomes Nicol Bolas the Arisen. Cool. Fucking Nicol Bolas so the Arisen. So it's a planeswalker with seven loyalty, as is... Usually the case with him, he usually comes with a lot of loyalty. Yeah. So his, he can go up two to have you draw two cards. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Uh, he can bring him down by three. Uh, Nicol Bolas, the Arisen, deals 10 damage to target creature or planeswalker, so he can remove threats or other planeswalkers. He can bring him down four uh, and have target creature or planeswalker card from a graveyard into the battlefield under your control. So you can actually do both of those, and then you would lose him. And then his ultimate is just exile all but the bottom card of target player's library. <laughs> Which is so painfully <laughs> Nicol Bolas. Right? Like, that, I'm going to give you one chance. Yeah, I'm going to give you one fucking chance. Whatever that card is. Uh, so, our friend AP's been struggling with this deck. Oh, really? And let me kind of, dude, I mean, if I opened up this, like, text conversation I've had with him over the course of just even today, it, we're all over the place with it. And I think it's just because this guy... Is kind of falling into like the Queen Marquisa. I was gonna say, like, one place. of my notes about Nicol Bolas is that he's not asking you to do anything in particular, but provides provides a lot of good things. Sure, right? Yeah, he ETBs discards. Right? Yeah, uh, he's four four for four. Getting him into that Planeswalker mode, ugh, that's pretty rough. That's a steep cost in those colors. If you cast him on turn four, it's likely that you'll see a board wipe eventually before you get him into a planeswalker. Yeah. So pretty much to me, it's a race to turn him into a planeswalker. 
while the other which, people are ra- racing. Which is to, kind of the funny thing about planeswalkers, right? Because like planeswalkers are a race to try and get your ult. In this yeah. case, you're racing to try and turn him into a planeswalker so you can then race to get his ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you ever end up landing on. Yeah. So he's come up with a couple ideas. He did like, a, I mean, the, the the least fascinating of which would be like a, a Grixis control deck. Okay. Just good Grixis colored cards to try yeah. to control the board. A lot of like anger of the God type effects, evacuation, cyclonic rift, just keeping creatures out of the way so he yeah. can finally hit his ultimate. Eh, his ultimate only hits one person. It's yeah, not it's, like it's game winning. It's just game ending for one person. Right. Potentially, depending on what that last card is. Um, Yeah. So I don't know about that. The other one was uh like a super villains deck. So he loads all of Bullis's employees into the into the deck because <laughs> hey let's while we have planeswalkers let's just whatever i think that's actually because you can block for them pick. pretty early and then yeah you've got like the tezzeret i guess Ralzarek is his boy now like just a bunch of different people that yeah you know what i mean yeah uh he he called that deck malicious compliance i remember, <laughs> I, I remember the name of that list so it was pretty funny i think they're all called malicious compliance and then weirdly a specter's deck with a lot of specters okay because of the discard and then he's thinking like they'll they're good flying blockers but they're just taking away people's stuff on the way up i don't know some of the specters are kind of mana intensive sure not i mean it's not it's not the craziest idea i've heard no i don't think so i mean like i i think he is just really flexible though because my thought was this looks like a pressure deck where he's just yeah, he's just a component of it. Yeah, like it, it's it's a different way to, like you don't, I don't know. I think Nakuser when you're in those colors doing pressure, has as a very linear build of like okay, we're just trying to draw cards and I'm trying to manage card advantage, while I'm doing that. Whereas Nickel Bolas is just like let's just open, all of the the pressure. I think, that's kind of what he's pointed at is. Yeah. So I've gotten his Spectre list today. Okay. Where he lands with this, I don't know. <laughs> uh the card's not gonna be cheap. Never is. Yeah. Because he's he's it's just pre ordering pretty high right now. I think it's yeah. like twenty to thirty dollars or something like that is what the pre order is for that if you want to try to get it. Yeah. But unless somebody never breaks it in the format, it might come down. Yeah, but I, that's but the thing though, is that there's other formats that are gonna be I mean Four mana for a four four. I I, I have for a four four flying. I have to wonder if there's uses that you gotta fix your mana though. It's true, but I have to wonder if there's uses for but it. The mana is pretty clean in this in this standard. I think. Yeah, like it's pretty easy mana comparative to what you and I were dealing with when we were playing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's his. That's what he's saying. Is what he's gonna try. Cool. I think if I was gonna tackle it, yeah, I'd fall into like just the classic you know, instance of sorceries, heavy kind of stuff. Sure. I definitely would be trying to keep that board clear. Yeah. I mean, that would be annoying, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about having that. Like just, uh, I'm between some kind of board wipe or board sweep and I lose him. People attack him because they're afraid that I'm going to land that ultimate. Oh, I yeah. like the stealing kind of idea. That was another one that he actually went with was kind of like a theft and cloning effects. Yeah. And I got thinking about, it, I'm like, if you can steal things a little bit more, permanently it's actually better than cloning because you've removed what they have from the well yeah game, i mean i i like or at least from their side of it i've used a lot of the like mind control type enchants in 
Unesh. Obviously, how that's effective not quite... would you say those are? Like, just being honest. Well, so I think I, there. Are, I guess if we're being honest about it, there are instances where you have those types of spells in your hand if you put a lot of them in your deck. Okay. There's instances where you have those types of spells in your hand, and you don't have a target. I don't think I've perfected the art of using them either because I'm usually. I'm sitting there thinking usually I know there's something bigger than what's on the board right now. Sure. I'm going to wait until that gets here. Yeah. And so I think I'm conservative in using them. I wait longer than most people probably would. Mm. Um, but there's definitely times that they don't, don't do what they need to. And you know, like they're obviously if, if you're dealing with somebody that's in the colors for enchant removal, you're not going to keep it for very long. My feeling towards cloning stuff is I'm taking a piece of their puzzle and I'm just gaining it in my puzzle box. Sure. They still have a piece of their puzzle. Sure. They still have their piece that's taking their deck where they want to go. Like it wasn't put in the deck haphazardly, one would hope. Oh, yeah. So cloning it, it just feels, it doesn't feel like. Well, it has to be something. But that depends. But okay, then I guess I could say the other part of it is like it depends on what I'm cloning. Like, sure. Like an objectively good card that's good for anybody being cloned yeah you know like oh i cloned his con sphinx would be a shitty fucking example but yeah that yeah that's always okay yeah, it's just objectively who could not use one yeah or i cloned his flesh bag marauder to set one another one off yeah when i'm kind of on the back foot yeah things like that uh stealing stuff i think feels better because i just have it you know, well, yeah, but at I the same agree. time, you're forced sometimes to take pieces of their puzzle that don't really advance your board state. All it does is hold them back. And you're right. It's always out there for them to kind of like. Yeah, I mean, like so. So the one that I really actually kind of dislike is the I think it's the Sower of Temptation. You it's don't a, like that. Card. It's a creature, huh. right? Yeah, I, I know Be- what you're talking about. because it's much more vulnerable to removal than the enchants are. Sure. Everybody has creature removal. Sure. Everybody has board wipes. It's such an expensive card, too. It is. And I would like, I but would point I'd, somebody. I'd prefer to have mind control. To the Thalakos Deceiver. It can't even be blocked to shadow. And once you sack it, they gain, you gain control of it permanently. Yeah. It's the same thing. They're open to the same amount of removal. Yeah. Like, yeah, the whatever you get control right away, but it doesn't have haste. No. If you gain control of their creature, it becomes sick or whatever because it wasn't under your control for the whole, the yeah. entirety of the turn. So it's. I do, I do think if you're going into red, things like zealous conscripts, you can maybe use a little more flexibly. Right. Um, where, you know, if you want to like attack it into somebody, say, Hey, I'm going to steal this thing and will you kill it? Yeah. He's going to be interesting to figure out whatever, whatever direction I think they're going to land on. What I'm uh, betting is, is it's going to be something like, I don't know, pretty, pretty control heavy. Yeah. Spectre tribal seems cute. That's kind of funny. I think one more thing I might try to do with this, if I could, it would probably do like an Aikido type thing. It sucks it's losing white, but things that kind of like redirect combat, whatever, like you're just sowing discord with him or or something. I like that. Portal Mage, the Illusionist Gambit. Oh. uh, There's the Backlash effect and what is it? Delirium. Like you have, you don't have Deflecting Palm. Sure. Yeah. All that's right. that's a fun one. I, Nickel Bolas will be will be interesting to see the different builds people come up with. Yeah. Um. Let's move over to, and I we'll just kind of get this one out of the way. I think. Um. Arcades the strategist. Hmm. So one green, white, blue. Uh. Flying vigilance for a three five. 
Whenever a creature with Defender enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Yeah. Each creature you control with Defender assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power and can attack as though it didn't have Defender. Um, the Command Zone covered this extensively. It was their spoiler card. They gave gave a lot of a lot of stuff out there. I I I am particularly interested in this one. I've done Doran in the past um, and had a lot of fun with him. There, I didn't go the route that a lot of people go with Doran, where you have a lot of defender in it and try to turn the walls into non walls. But this solves that problem. But that solves this solves the problem, removes it completely. So I think it makes that Doran and the card draw kind of is what's so obsolete and yeah, busted. And that was always the problem that you come into with that. It was it was. Card draw. You draw cards every time you drop a creature. That's the part that just like sets this guy o- over well, the Well, and the other thing too is that you're in colors where you can mess around with ETB stuff with them, right? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So you can put Rune in here. You can oh, put Brago, Brago in here. With, that's almost like a, that's a signature card for him. Yeah, like you're, you you can do a lot of stuff that doesn't have to be just, I'm just casting her, walls. Whatever. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to be genderist with, uh, with these with dragons. These, oh, fuck no. Um, um, yeah. It's it, going to be a solid. Commander. It's cool. It'll be really good. I hurry on the cards though. Yeah, they are going to go up. I mean, everyone's going to have their heyday with this one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Bant for sure. is really like this color identity is very popular. I think. I think people like the idea of having Bant on their side of the table. Probably Bant do. needed something good, and it's it, it is good. Besides you know, Rune's yeah. kind of Rune's mediocre, and then the other one that like everyone knows just to kill on spot, the dude with his lion buddy. Oh yeah, uh, Palladium Wars, the Ruiner, three, a black, a green, and a white. So Naya, um, the sister of Nicobola, survivor of the Elder Dragon War, the most vicious of her kin. Really? Okay. Yeah, she's not the biggest. <laughs> um, flying Vigilance Trample, so everything that you won't probably want from those colors. Yeah. Well. Uh, Where's your first strike? Why yeah, you do want first strike. I guess we're getting that. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Palladium Moors, the Ruiner, has Hexproof if it hasn't dealt damage yet. Okay. So I think that means like ever. Not even like this turn. I think it's like ever she has, she'll lose it. So if we're, if we're doing this whole game of useless superpowers. This one's pretty up there. This one's in there. I could be wrong though because I think that like if they leave... I don't know if it's like the game knows that she's dealt damage. Like if she comes back and re ETBs. So, so there's a rules that. Yeah. So there's, there's a rules thing here that we're not maybe clear on yet, but even still giving that vulnerability of not having hex proof, regardless of what, how permanent it is, is, uh, I don't know. It's difficult. I didn't yeah. even I didn't even spend time like exploring this one because I just I don't know if it's just because like dragons kind of as a general theme to me are sort of there's something weird to me where like dragons are really cool the concept of dragons are really sure. cool but in Magic the Gathering I don't feel like I'm that turned on by playing dragons mm-hmm. I don't know why but this one it's like yeah it's fucking cool it's a six six for six with vigilance vigilance flying and trample like what more could you ask for than that like i shouldn't be turned off by losing hex proof sure it it, but i kind of am yeah it's just a it's just a it's just a stat stick like it just has a like key bunch of keywords on it right flying vigilance whatever i just i don't know this one's (laughs) yeah 
I mean, let's if I'm wrong, the conjurer's closet is probably what you definitely want to do. Flicker form, like to try to keep that. But it's like, dear sure. God, like, sure, just do the swift foot boots now. Well, yeah, you have exactly. One chance to equip her safely exactly. before. Yeah, I, I, if I'm if I'm wrong about that, if I'm right about it, then even if I'm wrong or right, this card is still just like, yeah. Well, and you know. I guess maybe to me, it's just it's a little bit dangerous to have such vanilla stats on something. Like again, this one's not really asking you to do anything. It's just deny a dragon. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I for whatever reason I'm okay with that in other contexts. Nickel Bolas, like, yeah, I want to see that deck. But But you can you can say that the Nickel Bolas like has a an objective in the deck. It's true. That you want to see happen. It's true. Like what's the objective with Palladium Moors, the ruiner? Yeah, because your, that's your, the other that's, command deck. I want to put her out. Do nothing with her until I've got enough equipment to one shot and then hope nobody does anything from right. there. Or if I've fallen into a... Right. It's like having her out for so long. And then it says dealt damage anyway, so you can't even block. Oh, sure. If somebody attacks you, and if you, you block. block, you lose your hexproof. <laughs> it's not even to a player. Even if it was till end of turn, I think that would be a little bit better, but... Right, right. I think I you're know. right. And then Plus it's the, not on the clock. It's a 6-6. where's six. the hexproof even coming from? It's not even like... I mean, I guess the green... I guess green has hexproof. Yeah, yeah, green does. It's just a weird card. That one's that one is weird. That's just it's just weird. Okay, last last one. Okay, so uh, Vivictus Asmati the Dire. Sure. So three black, red, green, for a six six. So six six for six again. Flying. This one says, uh, whenever Vivictus Asmati the Dire attacks, for each player choose target permanent that player controls. Those players sacrifice. Those permanents. Each okay. player who sacrificed a permanent this way reveals the top card of their library, then puts it onto the battlefield if it's a permanent card. Um, I'm actually okay with this. I, I actually really like this one. I think it's really flavorful, and I think we've seen some other things kind of in recent memory that sort of does this kind of gamble-type stuff. Um, I think it would be really fun to put Gonti and Atali in this deck. <laughs> it just... Let's just see. Let's just dig into other people's decks. You get some of it. I'm taking some of it. What's happening? I think what, yeah, and like the lantern. What is it? The, the oh. user lantern control and commander. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like I like what this thing could do, you know? Sure. They're losing their permanence and something just rotates in and it's just a big creature. I think people could have fun playing along with this. You know, it's just, just going to require some setup, is all. And I think if you do some some uh, some double combat stuff, you can maybe give yourself a bit of an insurance policy. So if you accidentally put in something that's just too good, you don't have to wait a turn around the table to deal with it. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a gamble, but <laughs> I think it's actually really cool. Yeah, it's weird. It's like two Jun dragons in a row. We just got one in Dominaria. Yeah, like that's true. Is re reincarnated or reignited or whatever. That's true. Yeah, that one's that one's neat. I think there's, yeah, it's definitely fallen in that like, what is it, the Smash Brothers side of things? Oh the, yeah, the Shatter Gang guys side of stuff where things are, it's the Jund type of control, which is <laughs> not exactly easy to pull off. Like I'm just I'm just wrecking shit, and I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, and if it's not a permanent, it's just like it whiffs. Yeah, it does know? whiff. So it could really hurt non-permanent centered decks like like mine. Yeah. It's not fun. Or it's just a land. They yeah. can lose big stuff for our land. Yeah, that's right? a that's that's somebody's painful. got their big ass like 
planeswalker, like, God, what's a really bad one? Like Teferi. Now you don't even oh. need to attack their planeswalker. You need to like, oh, more, more Yeah, anyway. like, I think, I think there's a lot of reach with, with Vivictus. It's, it's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in it. I think it would be fun to maybe do a deck tech if we're, if we find time in our schedule. Yeah. All right, cool. Is that all of them? That's, that is it with the Elder Dragons and the Legendary Creatures. Okay. Uh, and then we already talked about Crucible World, so that's being reprinted. Yeah, that's a good reprint. Get your hands on that's it. That's a damn good reprint. Yeah, it's way So good. any of these legends you're thinking, do you want to move on any of these, Bow? Uh, like I said, I think Vivictus is pretty cool. Um, I'm interested in Arcades, the strategist. However, I will say I've done Doran. I kind of moved so over to time with do, I've moved over to kind of doing Ikra Timna with mm-hmm. big butts. Yeah. It may be time to just let go of them or it may be time to go with Arcades. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? So I think this is a really good, um, and maybe this is because it's happening. Arcades, if the prices aren't getting too crazy, like some of these walls are already shooting the fuck up because of this. But I think this would actually be a good like, hey, let's introduce you to commander type deck. Yeah. Because it's an aggro deck, but it, they are they do have a lot of toughness, these walls. It's a it's So a, just achieving global vigilance is enough to kind of make it a less you know what I mean? Yeah. Like losing well, the advantage. I think it's, yeah, because like it, it makes it so that attacking yeah. is favorable. Yeah. And, it and rep- defending and it, because now they'll hit back rather right. than like, oh, not that anyone would bother. but Sure. Yeah. But then it's also, uh, it, it can demonstrate the importance of card draw. Yeah. In, in a deck. I think the ability is neat enough that it isn't boring for for the established players to play against sure. a deck like this. Sure. Like I think a lot of ones that come up uh for like oh what's a good intro commander to introduce people to the game of commander. Uh, I think a Stone Brow Crossen Hero comes up a lot. He's the guy that just says yeah all your creatures that trample get plus 2. Okay. He's like trample tribal. Yeah. Things like that. Like tribal decks are good to bring up. But I think that some of them are kind of boring in that sure. they're not really getting that ignited feeling of wow cool shit's happening. And then they're boring to play against. Yeah. So this to me kind of stands out of like, yeah, they're the the cards for that deck would be cheap. Sure. I mean, yeah, except for that one <laughs> that like just shot up to ten bucks overnight. It's like the zero mana zero six. It's like the resist something sphere or something like oh. that. Yeah, it just shot the fuck up because it's like it hasn't been printed forever. No one uses it, but this is it just would be objectively good sure. in this deck. Sure. So yeah, the cards for it would be relatively cheap. It's a green deck, so there's not expensive mana ramp. Yeah, you can get your mana ramp. Yeah, like you don't need to be finding them a ex- expensive mana base either. Yeah, you don't have to worry about a chromatic lantern because you can just ramp into your stuff. Yeah, you can find your stuff. There's cryptolith right. You can turn yeah. this stuff into like, yeah, there's 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 some flexibility there. Sure. It has white and blue and green in it. So it's like these are these are good colors for commander. Yeah. That if they it tried to invest in this deck and then got upgrades, these cards would be uh universally they would be like if they got really into it, like, yeah, gotta get you that cyclonic rift, man. It's a blue staple. Well now they have a cyclonic rift. Yeah. You know, let's get you the swords of plowshares. That's not even an expensive card, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, exactly. Just it's a good I think it's just a good intro. I, I like that. I think that's a really good but Especially good idea. with it's like, let me teach you how to play it. Yeah. And then let me teach you how to build because these it, kind of things. Because it kind of looking out for. And it also has enough complexity that you can get that new player learning some complex things outside of just like 
you've got a vanilla commander. Like you said, it's not boring. Sure. Like it has some complexity to it where you have to pay attention to the creature type. Yeah. And and things like that. But it'll pilot itself almost. Like they, they draw cards when walls are coming in or defenders yeah. are coming in. Uh, you need to be controlling your commander if you yeah. don't have the assault formation or some other ability that lets you unlock the defender attack law. Yeah. Like that's another thing that they're learning is like, yeah, I do want to be controlling my commander. Mm-hmm. The relevant colors, colors of green and blue. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, I was just thinking about this being a very good intro commander that isn't a precon. I really like the precons that. are like, they aren't really learning anything. It's you hand them this deck. It's okay. Let me back this up. It's good to introduce people to commander via the precons. If everyone in the, in that game is also using the precons unedited. Yeah. Because they're, you they're know, definitely not powered appropriately. Yeah. They seem to pet play against each other pretty well, <laughs> except for that wizard deck. <laughs> Except for that last wizard deck. And and Kalemni. Yeah, and Kalemni. What year was it where it seemed like they were just I think it was the set the third gen ones, the planeswalkers. It seemed like they were just really balanced against each other. Yeah, we know, we got right those out of the box. We got those and we could not end the game because everybody just we undid each other. It was just really perfectly balanced. Yeah, it was a long, grueling game. I like we, that for it took us reason. probably like three four hours to yeah. get through it. Like, yeah. like I'm not even kidding. It was, it was a grind. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a grind. Like we all got to do weird things, but, but it I took a while. Just something to think about with Pallades. Like if you're trying to get somebody into the game and teach them how to make decks, this would be a good, easy one to do. That I like that. Wouldn't break their back on how I to do it. I think that's a really good idea. Uh, okay. Let's, let's talk about the obligatory planeswalkers, dude. Okay. Should we do that? Johnny adversary of tyrants. He's back. He's back. He's fucking back. Yeah. Two white, white. Put a 1-1 one, one counter on each of up to two target creatures. This is up one. He comes in with four loyalty, by the by. Uh, return target creature card from convert a mana cost of two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So a little bit of reanimation there. And then his ultimate, if you can achieve seven uh, loyalty from him, is that you get an emblem that it's the beginning of your end step. Create three white cat creature tokens with lifelink. I like that it's on your end step. You know, yeah, it's, it's like you're done with the turn. Yeah. Yeah. You have you have blockers. And then, yeah, when you finally come back around, you can actually attack with them. Th- this one. So going to our method of of trying to evaluate planeswalkers as like treat him like how do they compare to do nothing enchantments? Yeah. <laughs> so I think his up ability uh-huh. of put a one one counter on each of up to two target creatures Obviously, like you're going to have this, like you should, if you're using a Johnny appropriately, it should be in a place where your plus one, plus one counters matter. Yeah. I think, um, because I think there, there's the potential of whiffing if you're not putting this in the appropriate place. Right. Uh, so I don't know. Like, I think that's a very particular ask plus one, plus one counters. Then return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to do to the battlefield. I haven't, I didn't do any comparison research on this. But this is this is a somewhat common thing in white to return small things from graveyards. Yeah. And so eh, um, I'm not sure where that fits in. Obviously, there's the Sun Titan that's kind of like would be the easiest comparison. And so I don't know. There may be other things that can do that better, though. Oh, well, Sun Titan for sure. But yeah, this is creature two or less, not permanent three or less. Right. Yeah, it's comparing him to like a do nothing enchantment. Like if that's how we're, you and I are doing it now. 
I mean, yeah, it, it still has things that you like, right? Get sure. Plus one, plus one counters with that enchant that kind of says, hey, if a creature dies with a plus, what is it, together forever? Oh, yeah, that's right. Or so that it one, came from Battle Bond. That's yeah. a good way to kind of replenish that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of com- like commanders that are interested in plus one, plus one counters. Yeah, so I think in terms Landing of that, that, like it is ultimate, helpful. I, I don't know if anyone's really going to stop you from landing that ultimate. Yeah, it's it's okay. If the emblem was more like assemble the legion, oh, maybe fuck. people are really like I don't I don't think that's an ultimate your opponents are going to be like ho oh, shit about. To yeah. be, does that make sense? Yeah. Like it might actually happen because people are just like cool. You get a free. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like Doretti or something. Uh, like yeah, that. Like, like it's not just like holy fuck. What am, what are we going to do in the face <laughs> of this ultimate? It's just that's nice. Cool, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to blue, we've got Tezzeret Artifice Master. Oof. So three and two blue. Uh, he has five loyalty to start with. Then the plus one, create a one one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. Mm-hmm. Has a zero of just draw a card. And if you control three or more artifacts, draw two cards instead. And then the ultimate of minus nine, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step, search your library for a permanent card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Hmm. Speaking of uh, ultimates that people are not going to be interested in you having. Yeah, no joke. That one is definitely up there. He's cool, man. He's this becoming one's... really post-human in his art. It seems oh, like he's becoming yeah. less. And he, pretty much he's just going to be like some tin foil with lightning on. <laughs> like, that's about it. <laughs> just keeps going further and further. <laughs> I So I actually really like Tezzeret. And I think he has he solves one problem that a lot of Planeswalkers have in that Typically, with a lot of planeswalkers, you need to have other creatures established in order to protect them. Yeah, Tezzeret solves that problem. Um, Obviously, you're going to put this into an artifacts deck, and so that zero of being able to draw two cards, if you're doing, if you have like if you have enough artifacts, if you have metalcraft, essentially, yeah, um, that's really powerful. I think. Uh, I I don't know. I. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I think your evaluation's good. I think I this one's probably going to see use for an artifact decks for sure. Yeah, especially since you can just create thopters that can be clamped away. Exactly. Or yeah, that that non-moving one of zero. I'm gonna draw two cards, and yeah. I draw two cards, and I draw two cards. Like that's just that's a, that that's probably enough for me. Just keep up zero and one. If I end up landing that ultimate, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know. obviously, there's there's good card draw in blue but like if that's kind of what you're doing is artifacts like i don't see why you wouldn't include him sure he's probably going to be a little bit pricey though because doubling season present you've got your ultimate yeah the minute he yeah he that's down. thank you attracts yeah it's like okay here's the emblem right <laughs> but yeah I, I like him i like the art i like a, i like I, I actually like this one cool you know uh it's your girl again fucking lily dude yeah Liliana. Liliana untouched by death. Two, a black and a black. Legendary all legendary planeswalker, Liliana. Put the top card, three cards of your... Oh, she comes with four loyalty. Uh, bringing her up says, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. If at least one of them was a zombie, uh, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So right away we're thinking, okay, this is a zombie tribal focused yeah, Liliana. Exactly. Time, not just death and death and sex. Uh, <laughs> minus two. Each creature gets negative X, negative X until the end of the turn, where X is the number of zombies you control. Uh, or sorry, target creature, not each. That would actually be really busted. So yeah, she just drains them 
right? Yeah. And then her... Which is a pretty typical Liliana type uh, ability. Right. Uh, her non-ultimate, ultimate because it's only down three and she starts with four. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Um, is you may cast zombie cards from your graveyard this turn. I think this is what makes her compelling is that. Yes. So with Rooftop Storm out... Oh, fuck, dude. And a sacrifice outlet. Just loop. Yeah, it's just done. Like, whatever it is. Blood Artist, it's gone, right? So Yeah. Because it replaced the cost to zero, so you just sack them and recast them and sack them and recast them and sack them and recast them. And it's just like, because it's just, as long as the turn never changes, you're done. I hadn't I hadn't even thought of that. That's, yeah, that's so she's actually... going to fit in with Jason Giroff. Yeah. Uh, what's the big boy with the gut? Um, Master Blaster. Grim Grin. Yeah, Grim Grin. I was yeah. like, Grim is in his name, but I'm like, yeah, what is Grim it? Grin. Grim Grin for sure already has that combo going on. She sure. helps out with it. I don't know about Sidisi so much because that uh, she doesn't really actually use a lot of zombies. Yeah, like I don't think Sidisi has to Even be restricted she's to zombies. Kind of zombie tribal, but yeah, there's a lot of cards that are really strong with Sidisi, like, yeah, like the Ramming Up Excavator. Like, oh, yeah. Just things that are just good. You know what's funny is I thought like. If you're doing a zombie tribal deck and like you don't want to go buy yourself a, a Yogmoth will, here's your really budget, not nearly as good option for it. But then you've got, yeah, what you just described. Like, Passing let's, up let's on just, rooftop storm, like this, this definitely goes with, yeah, with, um, just in Giroff, right? Yeah, the necrophilia twins. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to red. Uh, Sarkon Fireblood. So one and two red. He has three loyalty to start out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you discard a card, or let's see, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. That's the plus one. And he has an additional plus one. Uh, add two mana in any combination of colors. Spend this mana only to cast dragon spells. And then the ultimate of minus seven, create five or four five five red dragon creature tokens with flying. Uh, I don't know that ultimate. I really do like a lot, but I don't, you would have more experience with kind of the whole discard draw thing. Is that worth it to you to pay three mana to Uh, do that? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Okay. Because you can potentially repeat it. I mean, obviously, obviously we're looking at the the best place to put this is in again, a, a dragon tribal deck because that other ability where you're adding two mana yeah, to cast the other, dragons. the other two wants dragons. So, so he, he fits in with, yeah, the other chick that yeah, we've got. Yeah, the, the other dragon. Blackless. He fits in with some decks. I think this is a standard card if I ever saw one. Just because yeah, I mean, for three do. mana. Especially with all these dragons that they've got, you know, going yeah. on. Um, I don't know. I really like Sarkhan. Like, I'm a sucker for that character. <laughs> I was going to ask you this. You know the story of Tarkir. Right, like you uh, remember, like, the I don't war. like I know kind of like vaguely, but I don't know what actually like happened. I don't know what the climactic moment was really. Well, he kind of like you know went back in time and like sure saved Ugin, but I think it like I don't know if he got killed or what had happened, but he kind of reconstituted in this timeline as how he is now. Like now he's got kind of like the green skin looking oh. thing, and that was where we had uh, Sarkon where he was the Timor colors. That's right. But, you know, you're, like, kind of a big... Yeah, like, I'm kind of a Vorthosi type well, person a little m- bit. Moreover, like, you're you're really big on, like, mythology. Like, does that f- define, like, fit into the whole hero's journey thing? Oh. Because I feel like him and Elsbeth have a similar kind of... Yeah, where there's sort of this redemption, like, journey that they go on a yeah. little bit. 
Yeah, I think so. Because he went crazy. Right. Like Ugin like drove him crazy. Right. And he, like left the plane. And then he actually ended up working for Nicol Bolas. Yeah. And realized like, that's not my kind of dragon. Yeah. He I, likes the I don't savagery. Like this dragon. Yeah. He doesn't like scheming. He likes just <laughs> savagery and power. That's like. Let's, his... let's not introduce him to Niv Mizzet. Yeah. He wouldn't like Niv Mizzet either. <laughs> like, who is this? <laughs> yeah. Who is this dickhead? The fucking. Yeah. Snobby Neil deGrasse Tyson of freaking. <laughs> Actually, you imagine Niv Mizzet's Twitter account, dude. That would drive you crazy. <laughs> dude, shut the fuck up, you cringe machine. God damn. All right. Yeah, I don't know. As far as like evaluating the card, it's yeah, it's a really cheap option for your dragon tribal. Deck. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's three good in that context. Uh, last and, planeswalker. Yeah, last planeswalker. Uh, Vivian Reed, who's could be anybody like that could be somebody who lives down the street. So, so when I was doing my, uh, my notes yeah. for this, I was like, I was actually annoyed because I know that we all dog on the gate watch, but I was annoyed. I was like, wait, who's the fucking green planes Walker now? I can't remember her name. Sure. I'm like, where the fuck is she? I know it was some like stupid vanilla ass female name. Like Jane or something like that. Jane. Vivian. Turns out it's Vivian. Yeah, so she's pretty she's pretty bland, you know. Honestly, like if they if you asked me like make a green planeswalker, man, like a mono green planeswalker, what would they be about? I'd be like, fuck, I don't actually don't know what to do for you. <laughs> if it's not like an elf or they care about killing or saving animals, one of the two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I yeah, don't right? I don't know what to give you there, right? Yeah. Uh Vivian yeah. Reed, three a green and a green for legendary planeswalker Vivian. She enters in with five loyalty. But you can bring her up by one by looking or and then look at the top four cards of your library. You remit, reveal a creature or a land card uh, from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. So kind of like looting the top a little bit. Yeah. Filtering the top, scrounging the top. Uh, you can bring her down by three and destroy artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. And then, yeah, her ultimate if you can get eight is you get an emblem that says creatures the or you get an emblem creatures you control get a plus two plus two and have vigilance trample and indestructible so that's a pretty sweet emblem yeah that's a cool emblem for sure especially the indestructible bit yeah yeah i'd be okay with if it just says yeah they're vigilant and indestructible but the other oh two. yeah as far as like a card goes um in a creature heavy or land centric deck I think this can do things for you that some enchants won't do immediately. So, so you can just kind of start digging, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. I'd point you to lurking predators if you're doing a if if you're doing doing yeah. a creature heavy deck. Like lurking predators is a fun card. Yeah, it does nothing the turn you resolve it, but fuck, just pass the turn and wait. You know, like yeah, you're right. By the time we get back to you, some shit's happened. So there's that. Um, as far as like destroying an, a target artifact in creature or enchantment with or a creature with flying, like. There's there's green there's green cards that do that. Yeah, I think um, all of those things. This one this one just made me pause. Yeah, uh, like I I I didn't I don't know. Obviously, when you were doing homework for this kind of stuff, it's hard to do sure. research into everything. But this one actually did kind of make me look a little bit. You mentioned lurking predators. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where an opponent casts a spell, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it onto the battlefield. Like that's really good in that six mana so it's just one more okay um or if you're just looking for like instances of this happening i was actually looking in a, and there's versions of this um like it's it's a repetitive thing her first ability throughout green 
There's a lot of it where you're kind of looking at the top cards and doing something, but there's a one mana and so one mana sorcery in, in Dominaria adventurous impulse that does the top three and does the same thing. And I'm, I don't know. I was just thinking, I'm like, it's kind of, unless you're really planning on and feeling confident, you can get that emblem. I don't know if you want Vivian Reed. I feel like there's, like you said, there's, there's more ways that you can, you can easily destroy target enchant or artifact with a three mana cost spell with Croson grip. Right? Sure. Like, I don't, I don't know. As I far just as, like the design for this thing. Like I'm wondering like why they can't decide on a green planeswalker part of their super friends. Like I think all of them, well, specifically like the green and white ones, it's probably just because they're just, it's just a boring design space, but the other ones like probably is they've yeah. kind of stuck with like, I don't think Chandra's going anywhere. I don't think Jace and fucking Lily are, ever going anywhere like as far as just being in the in the in the story and that's fine but we had garuk yeah and i guess he was i don't know like he's he's uh at large i guess is the, yeah, is the whole I thing th- he kind of like supposed to resurface but liliana did that to him and right now she's like the fucking you know what i mean yeah like she's no kind one of the see, hero a little she's bit the one and... that caused that like Am I wrong about that? I think she hit like did something to him with the chain veil well, yeah, and now he like fucking lost his mind. Yeah, exactly. And he's kind of devolved into this whole like like this ultimate this, Yeah, he's the predator yeah, of he's, the, he's of the, the s- multiverse. Yeah, he's literally like the lone sociopath of the freaking planeswalkers. He's not as <laughs> scheming about anything, he's just eliminating them. Right? <laughs> Which say what you want about that, right? Sure. And then we had Nissa or whatever, who I remember like there was this Tolarian Community College video where he was talking about like his he interviews people that are cosplaying and like, oh yeah yeah but he had said I I can't remember, what I got from it was is that the original Nissa story arc from from the OG Zendikar set uh huh she was like a racist <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like pretty much like pretty much it was like elf if not then die like all of the other people were like lesser well, lesser to her you even hear some of that in like the return like the return to Zendikar stuff where. She like there's a lot of tension between like the core and elves and things like that. Like, it's kind where of does a, she land on? Kind her? of a racist. Like plane. she was like that, you know. If you look at like her images from back then, she was just kind of like yeah, standing next to Sora and like I'm gonna do whatever it takes to protect the elves of Zendikar. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know, like that seemed flawed and definitely not wizards of the coast's prerogative to have characters like that exist anymore in their in Oh their... yeah, they're very equal opportunity for sure. Well yeah, so this is kind of like where we land on Vivian. So we got rid of it and then so they I, I don't know. So they like homogenized her or just died her down down to like a basically like a Mary Sue. <laughs> you know, like Nissa just became a Mary Sue. There's no reason you can't not like her, you know. And then <laughs> then that just I don't know, now she's gone and now we got who knows what Vivian's going to do? A different kind but, of Mary Sue in the but, form of mono green Katniss Everdeen, <laughs> you know, with spirit tiger cub, tiger cub thing. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I just kind of like wondering where we're going with these. Like, there's some that are just, uh, just, yeah. A Johnny's a fucking lion. Like, I don't need him to be more interesting. Yeah, no, he's like, fucking he's, dope, dude. He's a big white lion that has one of his eyes missing. Like, you don't need to give me anything else, right? Because everything else about him is kind of like, I don't know, kind of boring. I don't like tyrants. All right. You, cool, man. Yeah, you fine. Know. I'm into it. I'm into Trotsky as well. And then like, <laughs> and then like Tezzer, it's just like, I don't know, man. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm way into robots and I just can't help it. I don't even. So much so I'm that done, I'm like. I'm te- done being human. Tezzer, it's, Tezzer, it's kind of like that guy that like, 
gets a tattoo and was just so into <laughs> body it. Body modification That addiction. he just can't stop. Like, he keeps going and then, like, suddenly, like, tattoos his face. And he's like, I just can't. Yeah. I need more surface to do the this. Ethere- Ethereum. And then, yeah, Lilian is like, I don't know. This... <sighs> I better not say anything about Liliana. Yeah, everybody loves her. Moving on, let's just talk really quickly. Let's just nail a few cards that stood out to us in each color um, that might have some interest either to the format or to us in particular with decks that we that we play in Commander. Um, and I guess let's just go through colors and figure a few okay. things out. Well, stick it on green. They're reprinting the Scape Shift. You happy about that? Oh yeah, Scape Shift is is a big one for me. Uh, so there's two cards you're getting reprinted. I mean, you already have a Crucible Worlds for Gitrog Monster, but exactly. Yeah, so Scape Shift is two a green and a green. Sacrifice any number of lands. Search your library for uh, up to that many cards and put them in the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. So you can yes. trade weak lands for stronger ones that fix your colors better. Uh, you can do all the combos that exist that are chaining off Scape Shift. Sure. It's it, it's a needed reprint. Yeah, it is, and so it's not it's nice to see it. Or like a multiple format. Really, really nice to see it. And then the other one would be Omniscience, is the blue reprint, right? Yeah, which is like thirty or twenty bucks or something crazy. Yeah, it's 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 nice to see that. Did that one get new art? By the way, no, no, they stuck with um, they stuck with Jace walking in the parking lot, <laughs> walking out of the vape shop into the parking lot. <laughs> so Omniscience is seven, a blue, a blue for. Uh, an enchantment that says you may cast spells from your hand without paying their mana costs. Cool. So you, yeah, they're, yeah, they're getting this into play is, it's, one of, the it's, whole, it's you, one of those cards that's like, oh, I just want to pull this off. The whole deck is just trying to get this. Yeah. Into play. Uh, omniscience. Omniscience is basically a quest card. It's a builder. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It, it's like yeah. when you get it in your hand, like your quest is to cast this Once card. Once you achieve 10 mana. <laughs> then you cast this card from your hand and you fucking win, you the, win game. the game especially <laughs> if you have mind moil this with mind moil is incredible because now you've gone completely insane and omniscient right and yeah. it's like yeah i can't decide on anything i'm just gonna cast them wheel through your hand like wheel through your deck endlessly yeah um Okay, let's. Uh, I want uh, so let, let me move us back up to white. Okay, yeah, dude. Just a really quick mention uh, for those people that are going to get into Arcades. Aegis of the Heavens is another card you're going to want to pull from this set. Um, what does it do? So it's an instant that's just two mana, one and a white. Target creature gets plus one, plus seven until end of turn. Target creature. Target creature. I mean, tower defense. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Tower defense is better, but since it's you know across the board, but yeah. you're going to want to use this one. Yeah. Um let's see. Cleansing Nova. Definitely a good card. So three and two white. That's your flexible board wipe. So you can choose one for this sorcery, destroy all creatures, or destroy all artifacts and enchantments. If you're playing in white, you probably want to start putting this in your in your decks. Like the art on this one seems really old school to me. Kind of does, huh? It seems like something from like back in the day where they used a lot of like white and white cards. Right. Yeah. Like they've actually kind of had to darken really, the pal- color palette for like a lot of these white cards, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, like, I think I don't there's know. There's always like a sunset somewhere. Like, even if you just look at what we've got, like, look at Lilia, Lena, selfless champion. There's a sunset. Uh huh. Right. Uh-huh. Um, or the sun is just somewhere, like, yeah. in a lot of planes cards. Or the, the remorseful cleric, there's a sunset. Uh, <laughs> the Aether Shield Artificer, there's, she's kind of like 
showing off her shit, but there's a sunset. Behind yeah, her. like you've got like the mentor of the meek has yeah. like the Clouds, sun the shining sun. in. That seems to be a thing. But this one, like the art on this, like I don't know. I'm just sorry, I'm being this guy. It just seems kind of old school. Just generally white. It's Noah Bradley too. I, mean, oh. I like it. I I think it's dope. But it, cool. It just seems kind of yeah. Um, Retro. Do you have any other white cards, Andy? Um, God, you don't want to ask me about white. The I, resplendent angel. How do you feel about that, Mister Life Gain? So it's a three-three flying for three. Mm-hmm. Which fuck. Um, at the beginning of each end step, if you gained five or more life, uh, this turn create a four-four white angel creature token with battle. Uh, or create a four-four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. So it's a little bit of a souped-up token that in that has vigilance, right? Yeah, and then. If you really, really want to get that other angel, you can attack with her. So you can pay three, uh, basically six mana to turn her into a flying five five with lifelink to get that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't particularly care for it. Um, you don't think you can gain five life consistently? Well, every but time? here's here's the thing: is that like I would rather have Angelica. Crab? I would rather have Angelica Accord. What is the threshold for Angelica? Accord? So Angelica Accord is four. So it's four mana for an enchantment, which I'm more comfortable with having an enchantment that's doing this kind of stuff hmm. than I am with a creature. And at the beginning of each end step, if you gain four or more life, this turn create a one or create a four four white angel creature token. The other problem with the resplendent angel is like, I mean, obviously, like you have that other side of the. I don't. I just don't know. That activated ability just seems really, really steep. Steep. Like I'm not going to use it's it. It's probably because of the plus two. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, plus two, plus two. It's and probably going to be one of those like bomb cards for any kind of weenie strategy. Yeah. I'm just. You know? It's a three, three flyer for three. Yeah. I mean, I like it. It is valuable. I just. I think if I'm building a life gain deck, this is probably a card that gets cut because usually when you're doing life gain, sure what you need are the things that are actually doing the life gain for you. And, and obviously you need things that benefit from it. We, we, you know, in the Regna and Crab episode, I talk about that stuff extensively. I, I don't know. This one probably doesn't make the cut for me. That's just me though. Okay. I won't put it in any of my life gain decks then. Thanks. <laughs> um, Sun Cleanser was another interesting one. I just thought would make, might be worth, worth talking about. Ixalan art too. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was a, Commanderin's spoiler card. Hmm. So it's one and a white for a human cleric. It's a one four and it has uh, when Sun Cleanser enters the battlefield, choose one, remove all counters from target creature. It can't have counters put on it for as long as Sun Cleanser remains on the battlefield or target opponent loses all counters. That player can't get counters for as long as Sun Cleanser remains on the battlefield. So um, yeah, it's hate bear a little bit. It is a hate bear. For a bit. And it, and it fits in the... So it hoses people's experience gain. There's that. Yeah. Removes poison counters from you. There's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except for the the thing is, so you, it's opponent, right? So you can't remove the poison counters from you. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's his target opponent. So, so Oof. yeah. like That's not very cleansing at all. Yeah, like, so it, when it comes to the poison counters, you, you're not going to actually make that go away for yourself. But you can maybe do somebody some favors... But I think this would actually be really good if it had that, especially against Infect, because it's a one four. Like I think it blocked some Infectors for a bit before oh, yeah. it finally gave up. Oh yeah, right. But it, it, yeah, it's it, it's prohibitive in that regard, huh? Like I said, you might be able to do some favors, removing poison counters from somebody else. 
or if you've got somebody that's really into their experience counters, uh, which those, those are some popular commanders from that. You know, there's Marin, there's Mizzix, Missouri. Like there's, there's some big ones that are still in play. So you, you could really slow that down. Yeah. Um, a meta pick, I think if there's stuff like that going on, right. Meta, sure. But especially if somebody has got like an in- huge overload of experience. Yeah. Let's just peel that back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does get out of hand, especially with like Mizzix and what is it? Izuri. Yeah. Uh, should we hit blue, dude? Uh, unless you have other white cards. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with with moving off of white. I there's some. Yeah, no, I'm not really seeing anything here. I mean, there is the one. There is the one that's kind of a a sort of Brimaz like, I guess the Leonin war leader. Oh, it's the, like a yeah, it is definitely Brimaz at Brimaz esque for yeah. sure. So, you know that yeah, could, that could be it put seems to like use. again this is kind of like falling into the core the core ideologies. Like a lot of this stuff is either functional reprints that we've seen before, like I don't know Luminous Bonds, which is a more expensive pacifism. Sure, that just enchants a creature and they can't attack or block. Sure, then, yeah, just things like that. Um, but yeah, we can move we can move on to blue. Blue's got some serious reprintage too. Yeah. Um there's some there's a few new things that they've added that seem pretty interesting. Um starting with this artifact card that or at least artif- cares about artifacts. It's one with the machine. Oh, okay. I think it's actually a picture of freaking Tezzeret absorbing the planar bridge. You know, it's pretty, <laughs> that does it's look actually like pretty yeah. sick. Like that's dope. It's an epic scene. So three in a blue, uh, draw cards equal to the highest converted mana cost among artifacts you control. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it could, you could get some cards for sure with that, especially if you're pressing the artifact button. I like that. Um, so one that yeah. stood out to me, Oh, are you still on that card? No. I mean, I, I think it's, it's just a good card for blue. It's, okay. it's, it's more commandery than, yeah. Let's say that one that's like it lets you draw two cards for, for one. Oh, right. It's like the affinity card. I sure. can't remember what it's called, but that just this one just seems more battle cruisery for to to me. Yeah. Like that's... just all right, I'm gonna draw ten <laughs> off of my you know, or or twelve off my dark steel by white steel colossus or something. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. it, it it's just a big push of cards. What were you gonna talk about? Uh so the metamorphic alteration. Yeah, that was the th- other one that I kinda... think is a really good one for I commander. Do, I, yeah, I agree. It's one in a blue, so enchant creature. And as metaphor metamorphic alteration enters the battlefield, you choose a creature. Uh enchanted creature is a copy of the chosen creature. So you're you have you have two targets here, I guess is the thing that we need to be God, the art on this careful is so of. sick. It's like some dude like having like this dragon image erupting out of his back <laughs> right it's so cool but you know like you can use this w- kind of like an imprisoned in the moon type of a card a little bit sure. where you can neuter somebody's commander and make it into a mana dork or something like that like yeah yeah like hey i'm gonna make this a copy of that stupid token right i'm gonna make this stupid tokens a copy of something amazing yeah like, i like you can use it to your benefit there. as well yeah no, so i like it it's it's, it's tutorable bizarre too exactly it fits into that and can be recurred with the Sun Titan because it's a permanent. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, exactly. you know, there's clones that are already fit that category. Uh, patient rebuilding. What do you think about this one for the mill, man? Three, a blue and a blue. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, target opponent puts the top three cards 
of their library into the graveyard. Then you draw a card for each land card put into the graveyard this way. So I, I do like it for a mill strategy because I think, I don't know. You just, you can take card draw from places. Uh, I think it's just kind of a fun, generally gambling kind of a card draw enchant, right? Like you may get three extra cards at the beginning of your upkeep, right? Or one. Or one or none. Yeah, but you're milling somebody. But you're milling somebody. So it's it's beneficial to mill that person. And I mean, it's minimal mill. I would sure. recommend cards typically that only mill three cards uh, one time around the table for for a mill deck necessarily. But if you have the potential to get card draw out of it, cool. I'm into it. Okay, what about the psychic corrosion then? So it's two and a blue. Whenever you draw a card, each opponent puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. Yeah, I mean, this with with something like a Con Sphinx is really going to fuck people's lives up, right? They're going to mill like crazy for sure. They're going to be sure. milling a lot. Uh, yeah, I think this kind of like supersedes Jace's Erasure because that, that was kind of the card where every time you draw a card, they mill a card. Right. So if you do Arjun, this one would be pretty pretty oh, cute. Oh, that's interesting. I would. So what about the miscaller to you? What's that one? So this is, it's just one mana for a merfolk wizard. That's a one, one. Um, it says sacrifice mist caller until end of turn. If a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast exile it instead. So it's kind of your blue containment priest that you've presented to people. Sure. Like, Hey, this is out here. Don't fuck around. Yeah, I know. I, I like it. It gives it gives you something that blue typically by itself doesn't have. Um, I definitely think it's a modern card. It's looking to give like Merfolk Modern a little bit of a oh more flexibility again. A little bit of a bump there. That thing seems to be kind of like the direction they're taking. Merfolk is like let's give them a lot of stuff that makes them a big utility deck that can handle. Yeah. Cause it's, it's one mana. Yeah. You sacrifice it. And then, yeah, it just, yeah. I mean, you can just kind of put it out. Like I obviously like the containment priest with flashes is, is true. So this thing. one's a little different. Like this can die to bolts, things like right, that in that right. setting. But for us, yeah, I think, you know, you counter a hundred percent of the spells that are never cast, I guess <laughs> this thing being out there and people are trying to reanimate or do something like they might not think about doing it i will consider otherwise right um in kind of like moldratha this could be pretty annoying against another reanimation deck because you can sack it and get rid of it and then bring it back and then keep bringing it back but it's never present when you're doing it sure i mean i I guess if you cast it from the graveyard you wouldn't be able to put another creature into play sure i don't know this one's hard to evaluate because of it's just it's so off identity sure and yeah it's a one one for one so i'm always freaked out about stuff that's that weak and right because it's just incredibly but vulnerable. then again like if i want something with utility and it's for it serves the function of just blocking something this is kind of what i want is low low cmc like yeah. graft digger's cage oh yeah exists to which i probably compared this card to graft digger's cage because it kind of handles the yeah yeah no i think you're right but brago like oh yeah it would totally fuck a brago player gonna, yeah a little bit a little bit a little bit it's interesting to see in blue for sure uh, the exclusion mage. It's two and a blue. Whenever exclusion mage enters the battlefield, return target creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. So it's a mana war, but it's a wizard. So Inala is a little happier. You know, okay. I guess that barren if that's, guy if that's doing a thing. that. 
Yeah, because you get two. Because you can get two of them. Yeah, so, so you could bounce boom. two of their creatures back. I, I like that. Right. Nice little nice little synergy there. Yeah, it is an opponent control, so you can't bounce your own stuff. I think they were careful to not allow that. So there's the more expensive Archaeomancer, right? The Salvager of Secrets. Mm, what is that? So it's five and two blue, or three and two blue, excuse okay. me. Five total CMC. When it enters the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah, that's a more expensive Archaeomancer. But those are kind of, that's kind of an expensive. I mean, there's a demonic wall. Right? Like, there, you have alternatives. There's a, if you're an Izzet, you have the Izzet Cronarch. Like, it's not. Yeah, it's not like you don't have that available to you. Sure. It's just. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, if you're really looking to bounce stuff. It's and, available. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else blue? That is expensive. Uh, not that it really sticks out. I mean, it's a lot of just, again, it's a core. I mean, they've got the Tolarian Scholar in here. Oh, now. yeah. Fucking, there you go, <laughs> Professor. And get get more know. of those foils and fucking sign them, to- dude. Yeah, and totally lost his back. Like, it's just. Bobo zip. Yeah, it's just. I hate crowds. Not far you can go down with the cards in this set, for sure. <laughs> All right, black. Yeah, on to black, dude. Can we just not talk about the Bone Dragon? I was just going to say, do we have to talk about the Bone Dragon? <laughs> it's it's literally in my notes right here. Do we have to bone talk Bone Dragon, about- does this work? Pretty high cost to keep it going. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> moving the fuck on. I'm actually kind of okay with the Plague Mare. Oh, uh, yeah. It's one and a black and a black. It says, yeah, when it, it can't be blocked by white creatures, but when Plague Mare enters the battlefield creatures, your opponent's control get negative one, negative one till the end of the turn. So, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I'm into that one. Uh, Fraying Omnipotence is one that kind of stood out to me a little bit. Oh, right, that one's really cool, too. It's a sorcery, so three and two black. Uh, each player loses half their life, then discards half the cards in their hand, then sacrifices half the creatures they control round up each time. Um, I think if you're playing a pressure build like this just condenses the game for you. Sure. You know, and Um, not to mention it's just, I don't know. Like I think if you're playing in black, you're oftentimes in a position where you kind of want to play from that space where, where things are a little tight and constricted anyways. Sure. People don't have as many options. The game's not going to be as long. I don't know. I think it just does what you want. At first you want to compare it to Torment of Hellfire, but then no. you're on the side of that. Yeah, you're you know? yeah, it's not. Like, it's, on, it's the it's, same. It's symmetry. Everybody. It has symmetry to it. I so. feel like there are gonna be some really like specific decks that want something like this. Probably. You know, resource denial decks, things that like it it's you're ahead of everybody. Well, yeah, and that's why I like say Pox like if you're if you're doing pressure because Pox is like, what is it, a third? It's like a third, a third, a third. Oh, that's right. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's like three black or something. I think that's what this this kind of is reminiscent of, is just straight up like a pox type effect. And it's really cool art. I think it's just oh, yeah. way it's fucking just dope. Fucking losing his He's power. Like, yeah, so yeah, to kind of put it to make a comparison, pox is each player loses a third of his or her life, then discards a third of his, the cards in his or her hand then sacrifices a third of the creatures he controls, then sacrifices a third of the lands he, he or she controls uh, round up each time. So it's it's a pox. Yeah, it's like it a, is. It's just a bigger pox. Yeah, effect. it does, does bigger. Like I said, I think it fits really well call with it big pressure. pox. Big pox. I'm casting We'd big pox. We'd have small pox, pox, and big pox. 
As stupid as that sounds, I think people will be like, I accept that. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, that makes absolute sense. Big Fox. Um, what about Liliana's contract? How do you feel about that that one? Um, I, I would I would use it. Three, a black and a black. When Liliana's contract enters the battlefield, you draw four cards and you lose four life. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control four or more demons with different names, you win the game. Um, like I mean, with Debonic Pact, I just what what's I, okay? Like from a Vorthos perspective, what's the fucking message here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like with Demonic Pact, just to kind of say what they're referencing, it's Liliana's like deal right. with the de- demons right. or whatever. Uh, Demonic Pact says at the beginning of your upkeep, choose one. That hasn't been chosen. Demonic Pack deals four damage to target creature or player, and you gain four life. Then target opponent discards two cards. Then you draw two cards, and then you lose the game. Right? Is this because she's managed to defeat all of the demons? Well, yeah. So I think in the storyline, the last one that she had to take care of was on Dominaria. So one's like the pack she made. The other one is like the contract. It should sure. just be like Liliana's broken contract, <laughs> you know, or just call it broken contract. That would right. be that would be interesting. You're off the hook. But I so so to me, I I actually think I would use it. A the ETB is really nice. Um, where it enters the battlefield, you draw four cards and lose four life. Yeah, draw four cards for five mana, and lose four life. Yeah, like, at least I'm this one gives you what you want right away. Totally fine with that. Sure. Like an enchantment with an ETB like that is awesome. I'm taking it. Um, I'm willing to bet that there's probably going to be a lot of. This is going to be a pick for. Everybody getting into Shadowborn Apostles right now. Oh yeah. Like this, oh yeah. This is I didn't even think of that. This For is sure. gonna be in your deck, like uh probably an auto include if you can get your hands on it. So uh and then Kalia as well. Um if you get Kalia and Aurelia going, you could make this one happen pretty quickly. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, if you're there's a few places where you could win off of Liliana's contract pretty quickly. All right. Yeah, I'm okay with that one, I guess. I just thought it was kind of weird with the flavor, but I, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, yeah, because she killed them all. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Any other black so, cards? So there was one other one that I was kind of interested in. Um, they're reprinting Death Baron. Yeah. That's oh, there, a, there is that. That's that a, I was. That's actually a big one. Is is uh, is that one? Open the Graves isn't a reprint, right? I don't believe it is. So it's three and two black. Uh, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. I think you can just get some additional value from yeah, that card. Yeah, Sar wants something like that. Yeah. Well, eh, yeah. Yeah, because you've, you've he got sacrifices thralls. sacrifices non-true. He sacrifices non-token because it's got to be non-token. Oh, Shire- yeah, you're Shire- right. Shire, you know. Shire for sure would benefit from this. Yeah. I just I just think you'll find places that this would be beneficial and you'll, you know, I mean, who doesn't want some extra zombies just for doing what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, it's just a solid, it's just a solid card for any kind of sacrificing strategy where you're looking yeah. to like drop cards. Yeah. Um, anything else, dude? I don't anything think else so. Let's black? let's hit up red, dude. Okay. What do you think of Alpine Moon? So, I, I think it's cool. Um, it depends on like what your meta is looking like. Like if you have a lot of problem lands, specifically one that just seems to show up all the fucking time, Cabal yeah. Coffers. Cabal Coffers. Uh then I think it's great. I just like here's here's the thing. Like I don't I, 
you can tell this was made for modern, right? To sure. shut down like a lot of the land, like what is it? Uh, fuck Tron. Oh the yeah, Tron, it shuts off the Tron lands because they'll just be losing <coughs> one of their Tron. Pieces. I had forgotten about that. That's yeah, definitely it's a thing. it's one mana. Like if you're running stuff like this, like Blood Moon, things like that, like it just you have to name a non basic card, right? You know, so it's just a little reactive, I guess. Yeah, I think it's definitely a like who are the types of players I'm playing against type of a thing. I think we see in our play group we see Cabal Coffers a a decent amount. Um, Rogue's Passage is another one that makes appearances semi regularly. Yeah. Um, So you know, like I just feel like like here's my thing: like if you wanted just a target removal, like there's red cards that just say destroy target land. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's not super necessary to kind of like ghost quarter yeah let's say it never shows up yeah there's ghost quarter there's tech edge there's dust bowl like i'm not saying it's a bad card it it just seems like it's just not good for red and if you have a meta that really doesn't like people messing with lands like well then it's a dead card yeah if you have a meta that doesn't give a shit about people messing with lands well then cool power to you uh wildfire like oh there's like there's just tons of ways to like break lands yeah yeah um and then yeah there's blood moon right (laughs) exactly okay budget aside like there's blood moon but yeah if there's a budget i i would expect this card to be cheaper yeah there's blood sun um it's not i don't think blood sun's amazing but at least he draws you a card and all lands lose all abilities except for mana ability so that shuts off a cabal coffers too. right i don't know i don't know i yeah. love the art though the it's art kinda, on that yeah is the art's inc- is incredible. really cool like i'd get a print of that for sure oh yeah i'm with you that like whole Perestaline looking thing going off. Yeah, yeah. What about you? You got any red cards? You're um, you know, I think there were some that I was just kind of looking at a little bit okay. with with some interest. Um I was kind of considering Apex of Power. Hmm. Uh let me let me just give a context where I think this might be might be interesting to see. Like okay. maybe in a Neheb deck and casting this in your second main phase. Okay. Um, because it is, it's 10 mana. So seven and three red for a sorcery that says exile the top seven cards of your library until end of turn, you may cast non land cards exiled this way. And if the spell was cast from your hand, add 10 mana of right. any, of any one color. So I, I can see places like Neheb where you're, you're going to come into that kind of mana and it would benefit you deeply. But I don't know, maybe in Neheb, you're probably going to win if you're, Sure. that kind of mana. It's going to be an Aheb deck card. Sure. I can see is that play or Mizzix. Oh yeah. Mizzix could definitely get that experience to reduce it for sure. Oh yeah. And then you, yeah. So the seven's gone. You pay basically play three three red red. to get 10 mana and have access to the next seven cards. Yeah. Which I, I would, I'd be willing to bet that you would totally like that. Yeah. I can see it happening. I mean, it would exile cards. So I don't know. There, there is that kind of getting 10 to my pool for, I've, you yeah. could you could do some stuff with that. Uh I really I don't know about this card. It's spit flame. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just like it. I like it and what is it? Punishing fire. Like I, I just like recurrable things that just kind of don't sure, go away. Sure. I don't know if this one would happen often enough for you to like really take advantage of it. Okay. But it's still funny. It's two and a red. Spitfire deals four damage to target creature. That's like almost every worrisome commander. Just saying. Like oh, it, yeah. it, it just by commander. Like, you've you've been on that lately where it's something like 70% commit of commanders are are power four or toughness four or yeah, less. Yeah, at least the ones that are like in the top top brackets. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. just name me a couple. They're they have four toughness or less. Yeah. 
most of the time, you know? Yeah. So, um, but then, yeah, it says whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay one red. If you do return spitfire, uh, from your graveyard to your hand, that's pretty valuable, dude. So it's pretty funny. Like if you have a dragon deck, you can just keep burning off. That's pretty, not keep doing it, but at least it's, there's always a threat of it. So, so, so let me pair a card with that one. If we're, if we're doing that. Okay. Um, so let's go with the demanding dragon. Mm -hmm. So it's three and two red. Yeah. Uh, for a five, five, when demanding dragon enters the battlefield, it deals five damage to target opponent unless that player sacrifices a creature. I just think that flavor is so funny to me. It's a demanding dragon. I, I take five damage or sack a creature, you dragon. bitch. That's yeah. I can see this being in Felden a little bit because <laughs> Felden already runs like the spawn of Thraxes. Oh uh, yeah. What is it? The Bargarden Hellkite one yeah. that like spreads damage. It, it's a good way just to kind of make people. It goes around maybe force them into taking damage or yeah. lose their indestructible. And you get your spit flame back. <laughs> yeah, honestly, dude, I'm. You know, I'm kind of looking at like Felden Dragon Tribal now. And then Lathless would go along with this nicely too. Yeah, so and I don't know. Because it doesn't some... say non token, it just says whenever a dragon enters the Yeah, dragon. exactly. And it's an instant. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, Sarkon's, uh, Sarkon's Unsealing. This one I think is pretty fucking cool. Okay. So it's three in a, re- three in a red. Whenever you cast a creature with spell four, five, or six, um, Sarkon's Unsealing deals four damage to any target. Oh. So that's, that's pretty cool. But then it says whenever you cast a creature spell with power seven or greater, which that's kind of a, the list is getting really short. Yeah. I mean, like to give some context, like none of the dragons that they spoiled fit that criteria besides <laughs> the, the one that this one can't be in, you know, the non-red one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, whenever you cast a creature spell with power seven or greater, Sarkon's un- unsealing deals four damage to each opponent and each creature and each planeswalker they control. That's, so it just sets off this flame wave against That's a everything. pretty deep reach right there. Sure. So the thing that kind of holds it back is uh, you have to cast. It's not ETB. Oh, sure. It's from cast. So sure. Bouncing anything, making tokens of things, like they've got to be cast to get it. But okay. I think it's cool. I just, I'm trying to think of like what decks want this other than like maybe like the Jota deck where all of these are just really big ass creatures that you're trying oh. to get out. But I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then, you. yeah, the Dark Dweller Oracle is a one in a uh, red for a goblin, a shaman. for a, It's a 2-2. Two, two. You can pay one, sacrifice a creature, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. So it's just a... it's just Yeah, it's very goblin-centric. Utility goblin, you, you, yeah. So speaking of goblins, uh, I, I mean, goblins stood out to me here in red with this with this time. I don't I don't like goblins, but there's some, there's some good ones. Uh, goblin Trash Master... Two and yeah, two red goblin lord. Um, other goblins you control get plus one plus one, but it also has sacrifice a goblin, destroy target artifact. And I really enjoy the the flavor text on this one. Folks around here are too in love with their contraptions. <laughs> Does them some good if we smash one every so often. <laughs> Folks, right? It's like some <laughs> just this crotchety old goblin. I can that goes see that. Act, and- I can see that kind of like attitude actually being a real thing you hear that all the time like oh yeah goddamn kids and their cell phones <laughs> right just some <laughs> goblins smashing their stuff <laughs> but i like it's a good lord and i think having that flexibility obviously you're going to get a lot of goblin tokens if you're if you're using goblins just use them to destroy artifacts as needed yeah there's kind of a better um or not better but another way to like push the goblins up it's a goblin instigator it's one in a red when goblin instigator enters a battlefield create a one one red goblin creature token yeah so yeah. it's 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 dragon fodder and 
Cranko's command, but actually a creature. Right. You know, so yeah. it could potentially be recurred. You know, yeah. But I think exactly. it's. I think just because of the nature of goblin decks, it's a little, uh, a little better. Oh yeah, it is a creature. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Oh um, yeah, the reprint lava axe. By the way. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh fuck. Oh, I need it. I don't. I don't have enough. one more lava axe, man. Like to quote you, you could just make rolls of toilet paper out of how many of those cards we have. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Stitch them together with some <laughs> linen. You know. All right, green, man, green. Oh, we're getting uh, to the end. We talked about close. the scape shift as a reprint. Um, the Thorn Lieutenant, whenever a Thorn Lieutenant becomes a target of a spell or ability, an opponent controls create an elf warrior token, creature token. I don't know. I don't know if that one's out. I think it's really good in standard. It's a two, three for two. Oh. That if it gets targeted by anything, they get a, a green elf warrior. But, yeah? Um, I don't know. Green's looking pretty yeah so so let me let me sling this one at you as a question okay um so the dryad green speaker so it's one and a green and it has an activated ability of tap look at the top card of your library and if it's a land card you may reveal it and put it into your hand um it's kind of kind of weak but you might be able to clear your draws a little bit with it yeah i don't know it goes into your hand like I guess. Yeah, you're not putting it into play. I guess, yeah. Uh, Blanchwood Armor is a reprint. Two and a green enchant creature. And enchanted creature gets a plus one, plus one for each forest you control. Ooh, yeah. It's just like a green enchantment version of... But I don't know. There's the there's that dark there's that dark blade thing that exists now. Yeah. Right? The black blade reforged or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. You're familiar with green Voltron. Would you do prodigious growth? It's, f- what, six mana to give him... Seven seven and trample. Yeah, I mean, let's see. It let just me, makes them big. Let me look. But at not. It. It's not like Eldrazi conscription big. It's still with the big ant. So yeah, for a green oh, yeah, and green enchant right. creature, they get seven plus seven and have trample. I don't know. I'm trying to think, like, because I, you know, like I've been playing that uh, that Sachi deck where I've got some big stompy green things. I don't like. I I wouldn't. I mean, probably it automatically that puts enticed. any green commander on the clock. It does, regardless of exactly. Who they are. I don't know. I would have to play around with it. I'm not okay. sure. I would be a little worried about it. Uh, a Gigantosaurus. That's yeah. That's just straight up a Galta. Card, another Galta. Right? Yeah, another Galta card. It's what five mana for a ten ten, but it has to be yeah. all green. Yeah, I mean, it makes it so that you can. That's real neat. You can cast Galta next. There's an Elf Lord, but it, second ability just kind of leaves you wanting right it's yeah two, it's a two mana lord a green and a green other elves you control get plus one plus one you can pay six and tap and search your library for a card named elvis channel caller and put it on the battlefield the, uh then well, shuffle your library it's just it's just not for commander right because yeah, you can't not, use it it's not possible like it, it you you have the one that you're going to be able to have in your deck and so you can't go search for itself again yeah um there there are a couple other cards that i was kind of Let's see, the Hungering Hydra. Yeah, this one's interesting. I think this one's pretty good. So it's X and a green. Hungering Hydra enters the battlefield with X-1-1 counters on it, like any Hydra. Um, And then Hungering Hydra can't be blocked by more than one creature. Right. And whenever Hungering Hydra is dealt damage, put that many plus one, plus one counters on it. It's very much so like the Phytohydra where, you know, with the Phytohydra, the damage is prevented and you put that many one, one counters on it. But you should be able to get the Hungering Hydra in a position where damage isn't going to kill it mm. ever. Um, I don't know. I, I I think this is a pretty good one if you're doing your plus one, plus one counters and you just want another Stompy Hydra to plug in there. 
Um, another one that I thought was kind of interesting was um, the Runic Armasar. Okay. So it's one and two green. Whenever an opponent activates an ability of a creature or land that isn't a mana ability, sure. you may draw a card. That's pretty... That, depending on the meta, yeah, that could yeah, be like, annoying. I think if you've got a decent number of activa- activated ability-type commanders or just... It's in lands, too. Yeah. Man. If it was, like, anything, like, even artifacts, that thing would be stupid. Oh, yeah. That thing would be stupid, Yeah, it dude. really would be. But I think you could... It's a 2-5 as well, so yeah. it can withstand it's res- it's some, some stuff. Uh, I just... I think you could probably get a lot of card draw off of that. And green's not usually that direct with card draw. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's very, yeah. I mean, the creature has to be around, but, um, so yeah. Yeah. That, that to me is a good one. Rex Sage is getting reprinted. Colossal majesty two and a green each, uh, at the beginning of each, uh, or sorry, the beginning of your upkeep. If you control a creature with power for a greater draw card, that's going to go in a lot of commander green, like, like a lot of them are, Great yeah, you just four. have a lot of a lot of big ones. Hey, I control yeah. my commander. Oh, dope! I draw a card. He's four or greater. Like that. Yeah. That's that's not bad. Yeah, I would take it. Uh, but that's probably all the rest that aren't reprints that aren't showing up somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I, I feel I feel pretty comfortable. I with mean, that as far as green goes. Yeah, I'm thinking that's about as far as we can go. Okay, multicolor, bro. Multicolor. There are actually some crazy ones. Yeah, yeah, there's some really good ones that I'm excited to see, and I need to get my hands on. Um. Poison Tip Archer, okay. I think, is is yeah. one. Oh, yeah. It's two and Golgari, so black-green. It has reach. It's an elf archer that's a 2-3. has death touch as well. Mm-hmm. And whenever another creature dies, each opponent loses one life. So your Golgari sack decks are... A lot of are... insurance on that one. Yeah, there well, really like, is. Hey, don't board wipe. Oh, wait, don't attack me either. I'll block it. Yeah. Right. Like, it has reach and death touch. Yeah, like, you, you can use it to prevent a lot of people trying to get to you, and then... I honestly think it's probably your win con in a lot of a lot of cases. Some cases for sure. Some cases for sure. Uh, the Orzov one. How do you feel about that? I actually am interested in it. So three, a white and a black, uh, flying vampire soldier. At the beginning of each end step, if you gained life this turn, create a one-one black bat creature token with. Flying. So, so they have two cards this this set that so there's that angel that you talked about earlier yeah that if you gain five life you get a four high. four sure um and i think she's a three like she's a three a three, 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 for three for three yeah so this is a this is five mana but uh i think it's a lot easier to pull off gaining one life on any given turn sure and and getting flying black blockers with the bats i don't know i would use this i would consider it more strongly than the angel personally and that's obviously very, very subjective because I don't know. I just think this quest is easier and you're going to get more out of it. Yeah. Uh, the Seder Enchanter. There it is. So we've got another Enchantress. Straight up. Yeah. And it's just one green, white, cast an enchantment, draw a card. So add that to your Enchantress package if you've got an Enchantress deck. Yeah. It's, yeah. The rest of them on these kind of like scale of things, I don't know if they stick out a lot. Um, there's the Simic one that, that is two a green and a blue flying two, three at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay green and blue. When you do, you can put a one, one counter on another target creature and they gain flying till the end of the turn. Kind of slow. Considering yeah. I how mean, much most, you can dump out plus one, plus one. Counters I was going to say counters. in Simic with plus one, plus one counters, you, you usually have much faster ways of 
of achieving yeah. a that. lot of these just seem like kind of like they're drafty type cards yeah. that they're they're set up to be yeah you I know agree. like game changers for the draft like oh you know it's a four four for four if you control an artifact and they have flying like that's just yeah uh speaking of artifacts there's a couple cool ones yeah i mean you know crucible world <laughs> i would we, take we a talk, crucible of worlds I'd, if you handed I'd it take to me. it you know i'm not gonna leave it there if somebody <laughs> was like here this is a crucible of worlds uh the chaos wand that's cool this is an andy card no no i don't want this shit i don't even want it on the table i don't have anyone having a chance of cloning it i'm just kidding. so three of four and a, a three to for a, a artifact you can pay for and tap target opponent exiles the top card of his or her library until they exile an instant or sorcery card you may cast that card without paying its mana cost then put the card uh exiled this way uh Oh, wait, yeah. Then put the exiled cards that weren't cast this way on the bottom of the li- library in a random order. So you just rip a spell from their deck. Yep. If it's a primal surge deck, and that's what they've told themselves that's what they're going to do, that's the object of the deck. It's the only instance in sorcery, or only sorcery in their entire deck. <laughs> and you just And it. you just yanked it out of there. <laughs> right. Shouldn't have put it in your deck. Should not have put it in your deck. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, since I'm all into artifacts, the Desecrated Tomb. So it's three mana. Whenever one or more creature cards leave your battlefield, or sorry, leave, leave your graveyard. Yeah, leave your graveyard. So this is what I'm wondering. Like, if they get exiled, did they leave your battle? Did they leave your graveyard? It's a good question. Like, they exiled it, right? Like, they yarded it. Anyway, because uh, it doesn't say, like, enter the battlefield from your graveyard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you create a black bat creature token with flying. So this actually is another side to Sheree because they come in and out like, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> it's just uh, like it's more token shit. So sure. so my Tashar build would actually <laughs> work with this too. Yeah. Looping the creatures in and yeah, out. Yeah, you'd be right? like, all right, I have a bunch of bats. <laughs> it's fucking weird, right? It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you think of, oh wait, never mind. What? What did I have written down? Oh, it was the... um. I don't know. I'm like looking at it now and I'm like, why did I put that in my notes? Maybe uh, amulet of safekeeping. Okay. Two, whenever you become the target of a spell or an ability and opponent controls counter that spell or ability, unless it's controller pays one. So it just makes it so people have to pay an extra one. Okay. To do stuff. Would that work with, with pingers? Like if somebody wants to hit you with, yeah, a ping, they'd have got to pay, pay an extra ping, one, but I don't mean are pingers a thing. I mean, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, Magistrate Scepter has been reprinted. So three, you can pay four to put a charge counter on Magistrate Scepter, but eventually you can tap to remove three charge counters on Magistrate Scepter, take an extra turn after this one. Okay. So Krakesh, yeah. it's a pretty good thing with Krakesh. Yeah. Anything that can, like, double, you know, yeah. activated abilities. Uh, The red Lannister twin. Oh. If you can land that her ultimate i suppose um there's the arcane encyclopedia which i know this is shitty but it's kind of in this middle ground of like okay i I need to draw cards right so so hold on so it's three mana and you can tap three to just draw a card right yeah i think so far your option is the the jade dene tomb which is just now objectively worse right this just power creep that card sure out of consideration sure it was four and the activation was four to draw a card. Sure. There's the Jolum Tum, which I think is two. And I think the activation is 
three to draw a card, but then discard a card. Okay. Right. So depending on, depending on your strategy, I suppose, but like, I don't know what decks would want that. Yeah. Right? That aren't yeah. like a reanimator deck is, is, isn't going to be Boros. So this is what I'm getting sure. at. This is like Boros or mono white kind of thing. Yeah. Jolom Tome was, sorry, it's three and two to activate. Draw a card, then discard a card. Yeah. It's not draw two and then discard a card. It's draw a card and discard a card. <laughs> so yeah, really boring, but you know, for a guy who plays eight and a half tails, you know, I'll fucking take what I can get. You need, you need shit, right? Yeah, man. I'll <laughs> take, I'll take what I well, can you get. You know, what's funny is I've, I've been noticing that more lately. Um, when people share deck lists with us, if you're not in those colors that are really, really aggressively drawing cards. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of creative things people are using that are kind of in this vein, uh, that you just, I don't know. Sometimes you just need to fucking draw a card, dude. Yeah. I mean, at this, I guess at the same time, you could just go for the dragon's horde that they're printing for this thing too. It's three. It enters the battlefield with a number of gold counters on it. And then you can pay one or you can tap it to remove a gold counter from dragon horde and draw a card. Right. Sure. Or you or can just tap and add one mana of any color your mana pool. So it's like a better mana lith. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you could either draw cards or just Which use is the counters to get yourself. <laughs> yeah. If you're doing like a proliferate thing. I don't oh know. yeah. I don't know if you'd run out. Like, I honestly don't think that's a bad card. No. Cause again, like when we're talking mana rocks, like really honestly, like in mana rock world, your options are are pretty slim if 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 the following is happening. Um, you don't have a billion dollars. There's that. <laughs> like the mana rocks are awesome. There's a plenty of if you have all the money in the world. But sure. if you don't have like, oh, you're not willing to pay up. Wait, you of, mean you you don't have a fucking mox opal? You don't dude? have a freaking mana crypt, dude. Like if you you know what I mean? Like yeah. you you don't have a lot of options. And then once you start approaching like the three mana range, I don't know. Like what's the best one? The Chrome Lantern's the best one. Yeah, for sure the Chrome Lantern's the best yeah, one. Yeah, like because that, you can yeah. you can do the stuff with your other land. But, but I'm actually okay with this Dragon's Horde. It, it well, like I'm you said, okay in the context it. of of if you have proliferation available in your yeah. deck, I read some it's forum help post, out with that too. I read some guy's forum post a long time ago about this is a while ago, like 2012, where he's like pretty much at the three mana range or any or any mana rock you compare it against the manolith the manolith is like the dead center of mana rockdom how much better or worse than this is manolith you know it's yeah soul ring it's it's half the cost or a third of, a the, third cost of the cost and for twice twice the, the twice the mana production. available production for mana right yeah uh the chrome lantern like it's objectively better than the manolith yeah it fixes dark your other steel lands. ingot it's objectively better than the manolith yeah. But there are things that are objectively worse than the man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like they're just, they just are. I like that as a rule too, you know, like yeah. defined by the manolith. So yeah, if we're comparing it to manolith, I'm okay with the dragon horde, you know, I'm okay with it. You know, what's funny is, is a year ago, okay. last summer we were doing the, uh, we were doing the set review for hour of devastation. Sure. And I think they had Manolith in Hour of Devastation. Yeah, I remember this. We were in my car because they were... <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we were like, we, we didn't have our like controlled sound environment. So we did the episode in your car. And I remember not realizing it was a reprint. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. And you're like, Kyle, it's a fucking reprint. Yeah, it's been and it's dog shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's been reprinted. Uh, so the lands, we're really not getting any good lands. This, this no, thing. I'm well. I mean, Reliquary Tower is an expensive card. Oh, sorry, I take it back. Yeah, there is that card. So, but I meant like 
you but would expect terms of to color see like fixing friendly check like lands, but those are in Dominar. No, they're in Ixalan. Yeah. So we, yeah. we're not getting them here. Yeah. So there's, there's really not, not much in, in that way. All your stuff comes in tapped, just bottom line. Is there anything from those Planeswalker decks that even or is remotely useful? I honestly didn't even really look at them I've too closely. I've just started to ignore them. Like, yeah, if there's I have a card to. in there, sorry, but I've just been ignoring them. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I kind of ignore them too because I've sort of come to the assumption that they're not actually that good, most of them. Like, some of them are actually just downright bad. Well, you've bad. actually played a couple games using them. Yeah, I used that one little... Oh, yeah. Yeah, like there is that. Like, you purchased the product. Yeah, and yeah. Played, played with uh, Elise and Kate with them, and I was just like, they're not... They're not... They're like, this game... Fucking sucks, dude. Well, yeah, they're this not they're not designed well to balance their I don't know. I do have a gripe with Wizards of the Coast with that product. I don't I don't think they're doing favors to their newcomers with it. Yeah, no. Like the it's best not. the best newcomer product is made by what is it, Card Kingdom? Yeah. The, the battle decks. Yeah, the battle decks. Yeah, they're just they're good. They're they're really good. I have battle decks for just that purpose. Yeah. If somebody needs to learn and they're cheaper. Yeah. All right, dude. That's core 2019. That is core 2019. I think that conversation ended up being longer than we wanted it to. Well, I think we kind of said, hey, there's nothing in here for us. And then, I don't know, like we covered it like yeah. we would any other set. Yeah. So Commander is coming out, or the spoilers are going to start dropping on the 12th of July. Is that is that what I'm going to understand? It was that like the 12th was or 13th? What, what I had seen. Um, when does it actually drop? It's like beginning of August. I think it's beginning of August. Okay, so we'll have to do that, and we then will we're have to returning to returning to Ravnica. Ravnica. Yep. That one is probably when we're going to have to start our guild cycle. Yeah. So we we do have our um, guild series. We did a series on monocolored decks where we took. I think see so we did a couple that came out of Ixalan. A yeah, they were new new commanders, but we also did some kind of like lesser used monocolor commanders and did some deck techs. So we're going to do a similar thing with the guilds and we'll start that with our return to return to Ravnica under the assumption there will be guild leaders or guild maze runners or something like that. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to assume that. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll get rolling with that. Do some new ones, do some weird ones. It's supposed to be a three block too. So we probably will get them all at once. I, I wonder if they'll do it like they did the last time where um they did five of the guilds in the first Yeah, then five in five the five in the next, and then, and then they'll all. have all ten in the third. I Dragon's Maze too. Dude. I, I understand it's, there's it's kind happening. of like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say I understand there's some weird design constraints with do, trying to fit ten guilds into a set of two blocks. Hopefully they make it a large block that way because i was thinking that was the problems with jack dragons maybe. i'm actually excited for it i think when they first said it i was like really we're not gonna go somewhere new sure but it's probably one of my favorite planes yeah i think a lot of people like it i think it's just a it's just a good it's magics like harry potter for sure <laughs> it kind of is huh you know it's like magics yeah especially the modern version yeah of, the modernized version of magic yeah but yeah we definitely have work ahead of us yeah we do we do themes are we done with themes I, I I'm comfortable with where we've landed. We've done we've covered life gain, graveyards, artifacts, plus one plus one counters, enchants. enchants. Uh if you need stuff about aggro, Andy did a therapy session earlier this year about aggro. <laughs> yeah. Um 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, we're missing. unless we start pivoting and get a little bit more focused on like Voltron or whatever. But oh, sure. I but I don't we, know. I, I think, think we philosophize about Voltron. Yeah, I think some of the some of the concepts are covered in other episodes. We've probably covered most of the themes. We can kind of say that's that's done. Okay. All right, we worked out our core. Fuck yeah. We worked it out. We worked out, did that core <laughs> exercise. We worked out the core. Done, done it all. Ooh, my, my abs are so rock hard. Cool. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Legendary Creature Podcast. Did you know that we're on YouTube? Find the Legendary Creature Podcast on YouTube and subscribe. You can watch Andy and I talk. In addition to just listening to us, music this episode by the artist Home. The album is Resting State. We'll post a link to their stuff in the episode notes. Be sure to give them some love. It's really kind of them to let us use their music. Follow us on Twitter at legend underscore creature. And until next time, work out your core. <laughs> <laughs>